Hello, everybody, and welcome to Asynchronous, a video game catch-up show. My name is AJ. My name is Kim. And today, and I'm realizing <laughs> that we didn't say it last week that we're playing 13 Sentinels Aegisrim. Did we not? We didn't. We just said what we're playing up to. <laughs> I thought that was implied. <laughs> uh, today, we are playing up to uh, Remembrance 80%. Uh, we will be 100%ing uh, Jero Karabe, Iori Fuyasaka, Yuki Takami, uh, Megumi Yakushiji, and Natsuno Minami, and also playing a single chapter. <laughs> Okay, Taro Miura. <laughs> and also finishing the Area 2 battles. So there's yes. a bunch of shit happening today. It's a lot. Things are really starting to come together. Uh, yeah. It's exciting. I no longer feel like I'm floating at sea without... <laughs> uh, maybe we are still floating at sea, but I have like a little raft or something. Yeah, a little raft for sure. For sure. A, a door from the Titanic to... <laughs> float on right but before we set sail on our uh oh my god castaway our castaway makeshift raft uh kim Mm -hmm. i know you have some bullshit for us today i yes i do now um did i i want to ask you first did i clue you into what i might be doing yesterday you definitely said that you have hold on let me just control f bullshit in our chat Oh, no, maybe not. So what I'm thinking is maybe the thing that I told you yesterday did not register as a clue. So um, yesterday (laughs) I sent you a message and I said, FYI, I'm unlocking all of the mystery files that have to do with food. You did say that and it did not it did not trigger any (laughs) bells. And now I'm like very curious how I did not make that connection. What's up? What's up Uh, with the food? Yeah. So I decided to do a little uh, change of pace. We've been talking a Mm. lot about the 13 Sentinels children. I feel like Mm. we've really got them on lock. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to uh, step out of the beaten path. And today I'd like to talk about uh, various foods and 13 Sentinels ranked by how much I want to try them. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I don't know if I have all of them. If I don't, please don't come for me. I don't care. Um <laughs> but and this is this is purely subjective mm-hmm. and I will explain my reasoning for each one. I'm I'm curious where soda can from the future number 2 lands. It's on here. <laughs> Okay, really? It sure is, AJ. Oh my god. Okay. All right. So this let's will be educational really too, because I learned some things from the mystery files that I unlocked. Oh my gosh. About these foods. So funny you should say that because uh we're gonna start from the bottom. There's thirteen <laughs> there's thirteen of them. Oh nice. No um, way, really? Uh, yeah, I have thirteen things on my list. So all the way nice. down at the bottom, we have the twenty twenty-five can soda number one. Um <laughs> And this is an energy drink <laughs> called Valkyrie. And I put it down here because it's a good name. I, it's a good name, but I don't care for energy drinks. Sure, 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 sure. But yeah, I do agree. It's a really good name. Next up, we have the hot dog. And I know I said the hot dog looked good. I stand mm-hmm. by the fact that the hot dog sounds good to me. It has yeah. mustard and a bold chili sauce, according Ooh. to the, the mystery file. And that sounds great. I love hot yeah. dogs. But... The like close up image of it in the mystery files does make it look a little bit like it's made out of plastic. And also like I've had good hot dogs before. So like this is just not a priority on this list, you know? Right, 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 right. Next up, we have soft serve for similar reasons. It's I've had soft serve. It's great. It looks great. I'm sure it it is great, but like not a priority. Yeah. Now we have 2025 chocolate. (laughs) Yes. I don't know why. But this skews me out. I know that they said really? it is it is grown from cacao or it's like made from cacao oh. that is grown. 
So like it is chocolate, but I don't know something about it. I'm like, you know that they they like there's some I don't know. I feel like there's some weird chemicals in there. Yeah. Yeah. But like anything weirder than what's already in chocolate. <laughs> no, probably not. That's a good you know, point. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, Cause just, just cause it's artificial, artificially grown, you know, they still come out as, as cocoa or that's true. Or yeah. That's the thing. It does seem like it's, and, and like, to be real, like I should get used to the idea of, of chocolate like this because, uh, <laughs> this is our future probably anyway. <laughs> Uh, now we have, AJ, congratulations, 2025 canned soda number two. That's so funny. This is apparently, uh, it's not a soda, it's a canned juice, and is the juice oh. of the custard apple, also known as the pawpaw, P-A-P-A-W. Supposedly, uh, this fruit tastes like Whoa. a blend, yeah, and it supposedly tastes like a blend of other tropical fruits, which sounds really good, and I'm, I, like, I'm especially into this, I, here's the thing, Going forward, this list is just this was very difficult to make because I want to try mm -hmm. everything. And so like this is not it's not down here because I don't want to try it. In fact, I told a friend recently that I'm going to be a juice girl this summer. I'm really into Ooh, juice. Love juice. Yeah. So I do actually really want to try this one. But there's just other stuff that I want to try more that it ended up sort of like far down sure. the list. It's kind of jackfruit adjacent in the way that the mm. fruit actually looks cut open. Yeah. Jackfruit is like. That's like the fleshy one, right? That Jackfruit is for. like, it's like the size of my entire torso mm -hmm. for, for one. And then the fruit actual part of it is like you open it up and it splits up into like a bunch of little like trapezoidal kind of fruits. Like that, those are the fruits. Whoa. It's very interesting. I have a lot to learn about jackfruit, it turns out. Yeah, they're a pain in the ass. If you ever have the chance to buy and like shuck or whatever your own jackfruit, don't do it. If you have a choice <laughs> between to between canned or like pre taken apart, just just do that. It is not worth the effort uh, for the amount of fruit you get from this giant ass uh, pod or whatever. So there's your there's your jackfruit hot tip. <laughs> Thank you, AJ. Mm -hmm. This one, I feel like it's going to be controversial that it's this far down. But next up mm. is the pear tart. OK, I for some reason, I'm a little skeptical of the pear tart. I want to try it, but yeah. pear is just not a fruit that I associate with pastries. Sure. I trust Tomi's judgment. So I I feel like she she knows that this is good and she's mm -hmm. I, I would try it, but I don't know. I just have to follow my heart. It's like not not as far up as some of the other uh, items. Yeah, it's certainly not. When when we got those scenes where she said pear tart, I wasn't like, ooh, pear tart. I wonder <laughs> what that tastes like, you know? Yeah, I mean, the photo of it, it looks pretty, but. I mean, all I'm, tarts are pretty. You can put I, anything in a tart. Yeah, I do wonder, like, maybe is it one of those things where, like, it doesn't actually. It's like fine t taste yeah. wise, but like it's very pretty. So it's very Instagrammable. Oh, yeah. And I mean, also, I mean, if she grew up above the place, too, there's probably mm -hmm. some heavy nostalgia tied to it. Yeah, that's a good point. Anyway, uh, next up, we have the bento with meatballs. Mm -hmm. Honestly, this bento looks really, really good, but I'm yeah, ranking dude. it relatively low because as an Italian, I am obviously honor bound to be skeptical of any sure. meatball that doesn't come with red sauce. Sure, um, sure, sure. But I honestly, I would love to try this. This is just, you know, the rankings are starting to get kind of difficult. Next up, we have Tamao's Ohagi. <clears throat> those are like the red bean little like mochi things yeah these honestly look really good i really want to try ohagi but canonically mm -hmm. tamao's ohagi are short on sugar due to war rationing and Whoa. so i would prefer if if it were a full sugar version i think it would have been higher on the list but um <laughs> this is how i managed to frankly cull the top five or so yeah, because ra ranking ranking her low because she was born in wartime Japan. i'm not ranking Savage, her dude. low i'm just saying <laughs> if i'm gonna try ohagi i want 
I want the the full flavor version. Sure, it's no sure, shade sure. on Tamau. <laughs> I love you, Tamau. I don't know if I love you. I don't know who you are. Mm. Anyway, yeah, questionable. A dangerous thing to say. To, not Tamau bot, certainly. Anyway, sure. Next up, we have the yakitori uh, that the girlies got in the shopping district. The yakitori looks so good. It yeah. looks so good. Like flavor wise, I bet it's great. However, I recently determined that I think I don't like chicken that much. Oh, as part of my COVID nineteen infection i did lose taste and smell for a while and learned that the texture of chicken alone is uh absolutely repulsive whoa really yeah and since then i've had one bite of chicken and it grossed me out so i don't know where chicken and i stand right now (laughs) so this is again this is deeply subjective but that's where i'm at with the yakitori i would eat the onions though with gusto yeah next up we have the hamburger there is very little information given to us about the preparation of the Hamburger. Um, right. So it's hard for me to know like exactly where to rank it. I wish I had a little m- bit more context clues. That being said, this is 1985. We're not in war times. And I know they got some nice cows in Japan. I know they have some nice cows in Japan. And I That's bet true. it's a pretty fucking good Hamburger, even if you're not Keitaro Miura. So um, I want to try it. They they posted an official recipe for the Hamburger. No fucking hamburger steak. So let me see. Wait. How long it says to cook it? Because I could see it being like wildly overcooked. Yeah, that's the thing. It seems very thick. Yeah. Which, yeah, that you're playing with fire with that, literally. So, yeah. So you you sear the patties uh-huh. and then steam them with mm. uh, a quarter cup of red wine for eight minutes until it reaches desired doneness. So actually, that, that actually kind of sounds fucking really good. fucking good. <laughs> Oh yeah. my god, I want to try that. Apologies can for, you for being me skeptical. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Okay, next up, we're at the top three now. Coming in at number three, we have the strawberry crepes. When I visited Tokyo, mm. I, I don't know, it was in like a random mall or something. I had a crepe <laughs> with custard, strawberries, and whipped cream, and it was like life-changingly good. It was so sure. fucking good. Um, yeah. And to this day, I try and make my own version of it at home, and it's not as good, but it's still pretty mm. delicious. But I want these. I want the ones that... <laughs> that they have in this game because they look so yummy. Very enthused about those. Yeah. Our runner up is the Nikuman or the steamed pork buns. Mm-hmm. Again, this is something I already know I love. I love yeah. steamed buns. In fact, uh, I wrote this bullshit last night <laughs> and then immediately turned around and ordered dim sum because I wanted Fuck steamed yeah. buns. Um, yeah. So good. So, it, yeah, I, 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 I would like these. They, they said yeah. they were really big, too. I think that's fun. Um <laughs> And finally, I didn't I didn't want to do this because I didn't I was like, this seems so obvious. It's and yet <laughs> and yet it is yeah. the thing that I want to try the most is it's yeah. the yakisoba bun. Yeah, I got to know what all the hype is about. I know there must be a good place to get a yakisoba pan in the Los yeah. Angeles area, but I have not been able to find it. I have <laughs> I have like done Internet searches. So genuinely, if you are in the greater Los Angeles area and you know where I should go to get a yakisoba pan, please tell me I am begging you, please. <laughs> This, uh, is another- my, this is this is this bullshit was just an avenue for me to make that plea <laughs> <laughs> that is actually another one of the uh recipe recipes that atlas released officially give it to um, me they did a thing called mecha meals uh Fuck. so they did the hamburger steak yakisoba pan and the strawberry crepes oh my god um so oh my god you, yeah kim just follow the link that i sent and then it's, thank it's you right the sidebar yeah and i'll put this oh, link also shit. in the show notes just for fun just so we can all we can all uh take part in the mecha meals <laughs> sorry i'm just really excited <laughs> this is 
so good. Oh my god, I'm so excited. I definitely yeah. want to try these. Yeah, I was I was really curious where yakisoba pom was going to land on your list because I think I agree as well. Like that's something I really really want to try. Yeah. Well, it's the one thing on here that I not the one thing, but like of all the things on here, it's like one of the things that I have like never tried yeah um yeah. and like the most unique or whatever yeah and i mean listen the way that they describe it it's like yeah i gotta get my hands on one of these how could anything be this good you know yeah how could if what is the quote is like how could like something so delicious exist that's what it is um, yeah, something yeah, yeah. like that <laughs> so Amazing. yeah i am absolutely gonna make yakisoba fun um i'm so excited thank you aj for bringing this into my life yeah, please share 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 your results with the the fam yeah, on our sure. Twitter. I hate that. I hate that. I said that. <laughs> so yeah, great, amazing, incredible. Uh, I love it, and I can't believe I didn't like start McGruff the Crime Dog like sniffing that out as soon as you were like, I'm for no reason. I'm unlocking all the food ones. I thought it was just a bit. I don't know. I guess it was a bit. <laughs> it is a bit. Uh, Everything I do is a bit. Really, it's a bit with a purpose. But mm -hmm. anyway, let's move on with the story of Keitaro Miura up to eighty seven percent. The title of this ending is My Last Wish. Kim pointed out before he started that this is probably a thing we could have been doing the entire time that would have made it way easier, I think, to, to say which parts we were doing. Yeah. Um, but hey, you know, three episodes left. That's a great time to implement things. Better late than never, right? Yeah. So we start off uh, with Mira on the bridge thinking about Chihiro. And our last scene with Mira, we had scene A and BJ in the old school building and A was like, oh, I know Keitaro Miura. We're, we, 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 we used to work together. We're, we're great friends. Mm. Uh, now he's in a robot. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so, you know, Miura thinks about that and is like, I don't really know if I can trust this guy, whatever. And then he thinks about uh, Chihiro being a full woman in a child's body or whatever. Yeah. And he says, is there no going back to the way she used to be? Which is like, oh, buddy, I'm so sorry. Yeah. And then besides all of that, he's like, you know what? <laughs> I want to hear Natsuno's, uh, Natsuno Minami's voice. So I'm going to head to the school. Yeah, uh, very sweet. Cute. He's like, uh, I'm having trouble and I just want to talk to my boo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we head to the athletics building uh, and Natsuno's there uh, frazzled because she can't find BJ. And so they split up. She says she'll search the school. Mira's going to search the perimeter of the school. So we just go back to the front gate, walk over to a couple of guys who are like, oh, did you see that flying RC thing? That's crazy. It went out by the north building. It's like, OK, <laughs> it's great detective work. So we head to the passageway because uh, that's right behind the north building. And BJ flies down uh, and it's like, hey, I've been looking for you, Mira. And Mira's like, hey, I've been looking for you. What are you talking about? <laughs> and Mira asks if what A said uh, about BJ being Mira is true. And BJ is like, yes, hi, I'm Keitaro Mira. And explains, uh, when the world was destroyed, I died. I had to take your place and fight in the Sentinel. In order to do this, I was resurrected as an AI. Sure. <laughs> to which Mira's like, yeah, okay, I guess that's how yeah. it works. Really not a lot of questions from this this fella, which, no. I mean, I guess, like, what questions are you going to ask? Like, can you explain to me what an AI yeah. is? I, no, I think he's too polite to ask questions, I is think my so. guess. He's just like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, if I'm telling me this, then I must trust him. <laughs> <you know? laughs> 
Um, MBJ explains uh, for the first time in these rounds uh, that only seven or seventy-two percent of his memories are still in the Sentinel, uh, which is a wild amount of memories to still yeah. be in a thing. And when Mira asks about Natsuno, BJ says that he didn't meet Natsuno in the previous world, quote unquote. But he says, "I'm very fond of Natsuno. It's best that she doesn't know," uh, which is also, again, very sweet. Yeah, really sad. It's really cute. So then uh, Mira's like, "Okay, wait. So you're me." from the future so what's gonna happen and then bj lays out the whole thing of like time travel's not real it's just a whole other thing and blah 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 blah. but he does say i'm an entity that used to be miura before you so kind of laying out that like we are in still chronological time Mm -hmm. even though you're technically in the future and i'm also technically from a different future yeah well doesn't he isn't this he says outright and at this point he's like we have never traveled through time like yeah he said he fully says time travel is not possible yeah and then uh bj says that he's found the sentinel and is able to access the logs and tells mira or asks mira to promise to watch the logs and understand everything before the final battle because all of the the logs are bj's memories which are mira's memories (laughs) so Mm -hmm. he's just trying to get mira all studied up before the final battle he says that operation aegis and morimura will lead them down a path to destruction and that he needs mira to promise because Quote, I'll be gone soon, which is does not bode well. Uh, So then we fade to black and fade into 2188, the satellite orbit in sector four, which a little side thing. I don't know if you noticed at this point, if you go into the the mystery files or the Mm -hmm. the mystery files, if you go into the event details, it tells you the sectors now that the years are in. Oh, if you look, if you look on the right side of the screen, uh, uh, in the event archives, it has one, two, three, four, five on the top right of the screen. And then all of the events that take place within each of those Ooh, things are like little squares. That's um, wild. So you can actually kind of visually see like when we're jumping around at what point in the t- in the chronological that's timeline. That's crazy. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's very, very helpful to be able yeah. to visualize that stuff. Um, I, I thought that you were going to comment on the fact that we now have uh, mystery files unlocked about all of the sectors. That is also very and, interesting, yeah, but uh, we, can we can talk, talk about, about that later. in mystery file time. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so in 2188 in Sector 4 Satellite Orbit, Miura and for the first time, old Murray Mura mm-hmm. uh, are talking about the sectors. Miura calls them sectors for the first time, I guess. And, Mor- and Murray Mura is like, the sectors? And he's like, oh, they kind of mirror the colonies. So, you know, I decided to just call them sectors. And she's like, OK, cool, great. He's like, yeah, and we're separating them into, you know, historical eras. But why aren't we doing anything in the present day? And Murray Mura says, you know, we talked and we agreed that we're going to model eras before for, quote, the nanomachine incidents. Um, sorry, Miura says that technically, but, but she says before, like, humanity uh, went down the, the, bath, the bad mm-hmm. path and Miura's like, the nanomachine incidents? And she's like, yep. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, uh, okay. Uh, great, fun. I'm, I'm actually now realizing that this probably could have been a cryptic conversation time. We could uh, retroactively add some bossa well, nova to this. I mean, we could add the bossa nova, but I don't have, I don't have the full... <laughs> Here, here's the bossa nova. <laughs> we, did, we didn't have the, we didn't have the full... Um, the transcript of, of this conversation, but uh, things like the nanomachine incidents and colonies and uh, <laughs> other things are brought up. That's very cryptic. It counts. It counts yeah. to me. Uh, and then Mir says something wild, which I guess it's not super wild, but he says that he wanted to live. He's always wanted to live before the 20th century war, um, which in itself is not super wild. But like the fact that he placed himself directly before <laughs> the, the war that took place in the 20th century is kind of unfortunate timing. It's it is it's actually bizarre to me that he wants to live in that era so bad because also let's keep in mind that was like 
fascism time. Right. I don't know if it was literally fascism in Japan, but like that's who they were allied with. And so like maybe maybe not the best. Maybe why why do you want to go back there, Kitara? I was born in the wrong era. I wish do I was you, born in the fifties. Do we think that Miura is like a little bit like a little bit alt right? Oh, no. Oh no. I don't oh, want to. Oh god, I think he might be. <laughs> why does he want to go back to that era so badly, AJ? Just for the aesthetics, Kim. He's not he, he's They he's don't a very even have any Hamburg steak back then. He's a very smart guy, but he's not very bright, you know? He just saw the fun outfits and stuff and it's like, I want to do that. Kitara Miura definitely stormed the Capitol. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So then finally, he describes that uh, one district, a.k.a. sector, will be the size of a city uh, with a population of approximately 1.2 million people. And then Morimura's like, oh, damn, Karabe's hands are going to be full. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, oh, well. Um, anyway, I got to go back to work. And she says, OK, see ya. And that's the end of the scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, so neat. Uh, not a whole lot in the actual like 1985 part, but that. Mm-hmm. Small 2188 part. Nuts. Yeah. I mean, this is clearly now, obviously, the big takeaway is that it's confirming that they are not jumping time. They're jumping locations. Mm-hmm. Wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think mm-hmm. that's I find that very fun. Um, I think that's a yeah. fun little twisty twist. Um, I think it's great. I even it. though we we sort of like saw the the signs um, early on. It was it's good. I like it. Yeah, no, it's fun. It's fun to have it confirmed, I think. So that's all for Miera this week. And we're going to move on to another uh, one shot, but mm-hmm. but a big one from the story of Iori Fuyasaka. We're 100 percenting Iori. Uh, the last, I guess, chapter in her story is called Invincible Schoolgirl. And, you know, we're starting in the shopping district. The girlies are at it again. Tomi is being unusually nice to Miwa now. Um, she's like, oh, why don't you pick what we eat mm-hmm. in Miwa? Um, almost as if she knows that Miwa is going to get abandoned in a scary UFO at some point. Um, I don't I don't know how those things relate, but I do feel like they're connected. Anyway, they get some yakitori, which, as I mentioned earlier, looks incredibly good. But I don't know where I stand with chicken. Um <laughs> I forgot I wrote this in my notes, Uh, but that's not the only thing getting grilled today because the (laughs) girls have some questions for Iori about her crush. Um, And first of all, they're like, did you find out his name yet? And Iori's like, oh, it's A. Sekigahara. And Tomi is immediately concerned. She's (laughs) like, you should stay away from that guy. Because, quote, he's involved in some shady business. And so now we know it's because Tommy saw him running around with a gun in the future. (coughs) But, you know, speak of the devil, A pulls up on his uh, fancy Tesla bike and uh, has Iori hop on. Um, that classic scene in in any uh, good girl, bad guy uh, romance where he pulls Mm -hmm. up on a bike and has her... uh, get on behind him anyway uh so they're cruising down the highway and um a explains that yori's dreams aren't premonitions they are the memories of chihiro morimura that were implanted (gasps) in yori's mind yori's like oh is that what's happening to like amiguchi and juro as well or she specifically calls them amiguchi kun and karabe kun and he goes oh you know tamao san and she's like, no, I'm talking about Juro Karabe. And Ace like, oh, that's very interesting. Um, <laughs> does not comment further. So we uh, arrive at our destination of Ayame Park. 
they're supposed to be meeting Murray Murray there, but while they wait, A is sort of looking out over the city and explains he grew up here 80 years in the future. And, uh, you know, this town is going to be attacked by the Daimos, the same as in his time. And Yori asks, oh, did you and Morimura come here to fight the kaiju? And A says, that's not Morimura's goal anymore. Now it's uh-huh. up to, quote, the compatible ones, those capable of altering this world. You're one of them. But this world is beyond saving. So A is like given up complete hope on defeating the Daimos. Yeah. But um Instead, he asks if Iori will go back in time with him 16 years so they can try and prepare for the attack again. Mm-hmm. But Iori's like, if I leave, like, what's going to happen to Miwa? What's going to happen to my parents? And he's like, well, listen, your parents aren't real. You are not actually from this era. You're from Sector One. <laughs> Okay, but Iori says, you know what? I don't care. Like you say my parents aren't real, but like these are my parents. Like these are the people I care about. And like, I'm going to stay and fight. And, uh, you know, she's like, are you like, will you fight with me? And A says uh, he can't stay. He and Ryoko don't have much time left. They can't afford to stick around. And he says, that's the kind of guy I am. I don't deserve your love. Do you get it now? (laughs) Wow. Very edgy. I know (laughs) so much. Anyway. Um, Iori's like, uh, okay, I'm going to go see if Mori is here. <laughs> um, and she finds her. She's in her cat suit form. Form? <laughs> <laughs> she's a fucking Digimon or something. Yeah, I mean, could be. Who knows? Um, <laughs> that's not far off from what's happening in this game, probably. Uh, yeah, I so, guess so she's like, hey, why did you try to transplant your memories into me? And Mori like, doesn't answer. So A responds um he's like oh morimura wanted to write her own memories and personality into you iori and assume your identity and morimura is like yeah that's true um but the situation has changed operation aegis is all we have left uh and she says that 426 has ensured that iori wouldn't be replaced by morimura so (laughs) i love that she's like yeah that was fully my intention but someone foiled me so i guess you're free (laughs) an a yeah it's a lot (laughs) yeah i'm like this conversation there there might be it might be an occasion for some cryptic conversation time a asks if morimura also performed a memory transplant on 426 but she says no she says if it was up to her she would have changed him back into the old izumi kun to which i say as opposed to what what are we talking about and finally, A asks why she transplanted the memories of Tamal Karabe and Shu Amiguchi. She said she did it to deliver on a promise. Um, and A's like, well, why Like, why were they compatible? So Marimura, she answers with what doesn't seem like an answer to me, but I'm sure it is if I understood what was going on. She mm-hmm. says uh, she's no longer, she herself, Marimura, is no longer human. When the reset occurred, the world I was in was taken over. At that time, the real me died. Now, Now, she's just an illusion produced by universal control. A Mm -hmm. says, how did that happen? Isn't Sector Zero supposed to prevent that? Going there allows you to escape to the next world. Morimura explains it's not possible to live through a reset. Going to Sector Zero just scanned her in as data. And using that data, your universal control made a replica of her in the next world. 
So A says, so that's what a loop really is. And I wish he'd elaborate because I'm fucking lost. Maury Murrah says there are 15 humans capable of carrying out the plan that was made in 2188 to continue the species. She's no longer a part of it. She says, I'm nothing but a doll held captive in the five sectors. And A says that she intended to use, quote, the version of you that was born into this world, a.k.a. Iori, to reclaim your humanity. Mm-hmm. <sighs> She's fucked up. Um... <laughs> So Morimura is like, so A, were you intending to make use of Sector Zero as well? And he says, yes. And she asks if he intended to put a stop to Operation Aegis. And he says, yes, he was going to kill her to do that. He says if Operation Aegis were put into motion, the world would be cut off from universal control. So what would become of her? And she says, well, data stored in Sector Zero can function independently of universal control, meaning she'd be able to live, human or not. Mm -hmm. I don't understand this. Um... (laughs) And A realizes he and Ryoko never had a way out in the first place and runs off. Yori follows him. Um, uh, we see that like it, it sort of like pans out um, on the scene that she just left. And yeah. um, we see that like little baby Morimura is there and has been listening the whole time. Yeah. So anyway, Yori chases A and she says, you know, we can do this together. We can fight. I'll protect you. And A says, if only I had the courage to take your hand. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is ridiculous. Okay, so before before we move on to to the ending here, I uh-huh. just want to make I, I just want to try and mm-hmm. make sense of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. So this Morimura, and I guess the Morimura we've encountered in every mm-hmm. nineteen eighty five mm-hmm. part, and I guess maybe every other part as well, mm-hmm. is basically is basically like Kyutoshiba or like the cat. Like she is just code that everybody can see. She's not a real person. She's not an Android. She is just data. She's like an NPC, like all of the other, but no, but no, but not. She's special. Right. She's special. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's right. I think that's what it is. I think that's what it is. And up until, up until Izumi fucked whatever up, um, I guess by shooting Iori, uh, I don't really know. Oh, maybe. Maybe she was trying to like do mm-hmm. what Shiba was doing to Juro. She was trying to do to Iori. Right. Basically. Yeah. Um, and I guess what Ida wanted yeah. to do for Tomi. Yes. Mid skip Ida. No, I know what you're to, talking about, yeah. but. I guess maybe that's the conclusion he came to. Like, instead of having to kill a kid, he can just, like, give them pills until their memories are different. Well, I don't think... Here's the thing. I don't think it was ever, like, you're going to kill them and put them in the body. I think that this is how oh, yeah, they... I guess, yeah, 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 this is how it's done. It's you're, But you're just, like, you are essentially killing them because you're killing that consciousness. Like, that right. consciousness does not live on. Okay. Yeah. So that's what Moriwara was trying to do. Mm-hmm. She lives in Sector Zero, which is also which I thought was synonymous with universal control. I thought they were the same thing, but apparently oh. universal control is just within Sector Zero. Mm-hmm. And it's not just all the same thing, which is fun. Yeah. And finally, when she says she would have turned him back into the old Izumi-kun, mm-hmm. that's the... V- no. that Wouldn't that version be 426? No. There is okay, some there's other. Three, there's three Jiro's. There is yes. Jiro Karabe, yeah. uh, who used to be Jiro Izumi. There is Jiro Izumi, who's 426. And then there's another Jiro Izumi? No. I think so, or that's what people seem to think. 
it's like there is a good Juro Izumi and there is a bad Juro right. Izumi. But I thought the good one was the one that is now Karabe because Shiba, when Shiba's talking about later, when Shiba's talking yeah. about Izumi, he says, well, I guess this is from a previous scene, but he says that this Izumi is three times older than you. So that's the one that blew up the factory with Morimura and did all that stuff and then shot the kids. That's 426. Right. But there is. There's one before that. Oh, I guess the. Hold on. Because like, who is the old Izumi-kun in that case? Like someone we haven't encountered, I guess. It's 21. Is it 2188 Izumi? Does she know that 2188 exists? (laughs) Morimura? Yeah. Yes, I think so. Yeah. I think she does. Because I also thought that I also thought I, people down here knew. But then later someone says something to Okino and Okino's like, what? 2188. Hmm. But 426 knew about 2188. Okino that, also lost a bunch of his memories. So that's true as well. That's true as well. Hold on. OK. Oh, I'm no, looking, no. 426 is 2188. So, yeah. OK. So there's Juro <laughs> Karabe. Yes. Who is the one. He's our Juro who has. Right. Who is Izumi and oh. now he's Juro Karabe. There's yes, okay, Juro okay. Izumi 2188. Yes. And then there's 426. And then there's also a man who looks like Jero Karabe, isn't there? Oh, my God. Yes, <laughs> you're right. The man Fuck. who appears and fights alongside the woman who looks like Yori Fuyusaka in Jero Karabe's dream. There you Prisoner go. E426 captured in 2104 as the terrorist bomber. He's now known as 426. So 426 took okay. a Jero body? 426 is Jero. Is a Jero Izumi. Oh, yeah, because when you look at 426, this is real name is Jero Izumi. Jero Izumi. Okay, okay, okay. That's weird that they split He's it into two. He's already dead and currently exists as a replication that is based off the memory information written into Sector Zero. Yes. So that's Shiba, right? Yeah, that's Shiba. That's the cat. That's the everyone. Yeah. Um, yes. So who is the old Izumi-kun? I, I, it's 2188 <laughs> Jero Iz- Izumi. But that doesn't... I think that Morimura knows everything that's going on i think the mori yeah. i think mori mora is the consciousness of yeah. 2188 mori mora sure the older one oh okay. who by the way still has huge tits i'm like i mean they're not how, gonna go away i just <laughs> first of all no i'm not gonna get into it i'm done i'm done, <laughs> I'm done talking about her her boobs i'm done i'm done <laughs> I okay. have to. I have a life to live. Yeah. I can't do this anymore. Okay, so that's. I guess that's really. I just wanted to talk that through yeah. before we got to the end of the Iori section. Yeah, and I don't even yeah. really know if that really super brought. Nope. brought anything to a point, but no. I just wanted to get it out there that I do kind of understand what's going on a little bit. I guess that she is like just code created by Universal Control, mm-hmm. uh, like Shiba or something. Right, uh, and I guess that's why everyone can see her is because everybody's connected to Universal Control, so they're all sharing this illusion. Whereas Juro Karabe is the only one who has Juro Izumi slash mm-hmm. Shiba's stuff. Right. Whew. Okay. Okay. I don't know. Let's keep going. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anyway, we game. skip forward. Fun game. We skip forward to the final battle. Sorry, I had a moment. Um, oh, and <laughs> Yori is about to activate her sentinel to start fighting. She reflects on A's last words to her. So we get a quick flashback uh to them in the old building um a showed up at school and brought iori here it's supposed to be i think after that conversation in the park oh god i forgot i forgot about this (laughs) yeah (sighs) so he begins like sort of like walking around her and like looking at her groping her and then he yeah he he touches her thigh 
And once again, the game does the horny fake out. Um, and she says, I'm not ready for this. And I just hate this and it didn't need to be here. It turns out he's looking for her start button. He registers his sentinel number 15 to her start button. He says it's in better hands with her. And he goes, I really was worthless in the end. <laughs> Jesus I Christ, man. I know. I, 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 he's annoying me. Um, <laughs> he's about to leave. And he's like, by the way, forget what Maury Morris said. Believe in yourself. Really? I, I just love how she's like, she's like remembering his final words to her. And it is the most generic <laughs> shit. Believe in yourself. Thanks a yeah. lot, Dingus. Thank you for this knowledge from the future to believe in yourself. <laughs> so, yeah, back in the present, you are like, I am going to believe in myself. Um, and, you Great. know, she swears to protect her mom and dad and Miwa-chan. She goes, it's time. I may just be a schoolgirl, but now I'm a schoolgirl with a giant robot. <laughs> she activates her sentinel. And that's the end. And that that rules. I love that, that. That line is a 20 out of 10. That Incredible. line rules. Yeah. <laughs> I that I, here's the face. thing. I I like I said, I enjoyed this this story and I this ending rocked. Yeah. I do wish it's it comes like fully out of left field that Iori is like okay, I'm going to fight. And now I yes. like, this is my thing. I don't know. It's just like she has had this, her motivation the entire time has had nothing to do with the Dimos and mm-hmm. everything to do with the fact that she has a crush on Aseki Gahara. And listen, right. I admire her sense of focus and purpose, but yes, uh, like I, I just wish we had gotten more from her. I wish that we had seen this side of her throughout her story and not mm-hmm. just at the end. And it, it comes so out of left field almost yeah. that like this is where her story goes and becomes about like oh i want to fight and he doesn't or whatever like i don't know it just doesn't feel like it's part of her character because we just haven't seen it before yeah it's like she shows up and and you know does all this stuff but then in the end the last like you know in the 11th hour she meets morimura and they talk a whole lot mm-hmm. and, and Aisla and you're like yeah you were here to put in to fight a robot and she just goes okay yeah all right <laughs> i'm gonna fight a robot it. i guess and and then goes and does it which like just super doesn't Mm-hmm. Like you said, it it just doesn't feel like we have any reason for her to feel that way. Yeah, and besides I besides that, like, her cute boyfriend told her to. There, there is like a framework of a really interesting sort mm-hmm. of theme here. Of you know that line, I may just be a school schoolgirl, but no <laughs> schoolgirl with a giant robot. Yeah. Um, like I remember back back at the beginning of you know way way back when when we were first starting her story uh, her story is structured in you know what we found to be a pretty frustrating way where like you have to like interject in order to like you know you have to like time the conversations just right and like mm-hmm. go through the motions of like going to get food and whatever and th- i think you know giving it like the a benefit of the doubt type read like i think what they're trying to get at is like oh she they're trying to show like oh she's just like a little high school girl and like you know they're chatting about boys and they're going to get food and like they want you to feel like she lacks substance Mm -hmm. in order to like turn that on its head and be like no she you know like she may just be like a girl going you know a high school girl but like she you know she is brave and she is you know all of these wonderful things and Mm -hmm. and i like that i just wish that they had laid a little bit more of the groundwork of like her having that substance early on and this is something that i think it'll come up as we go through this episode i think like this game does a lot of really amazing things but 
sometimes it has, you know, it loves a twist, but sometimes the twists rely on things just being like kind of misrepresented Mm. earlier in the game or characters Mm. acting inconsistently with what we find out are their ultimate motivations. And it, to me, that falls just a little flat because it doesn't feel like a twist. It just feels like, uh, I don't know, inconsistency Mm. for the sake of surprising you in the end. And it's just like, I don't know, like sometimes the twists land really, really well. And sometimes I don't think that they do. And like, Mm. This is less of a twist and more of just like, you know, trying to fill out this character. I just I wish there had been a little bit more of like, I mean, I guess maybe we see it in how determined Iori is and how she's like, yeah, I'll go back in fucking time to like meet this boy that I like. Um, You know, we certainly get that. And it's it's like fun and funny. But yeah, I don't know. That's that's sort of where I land on this one that it's like I enjoyed the story, but I, I just wish it had been like a little bit. It could have been like just a little bit better. Um, yeah, no, I, yeah. I agree. I, I think there's there's like a lot in here and we see different pieces of Iori and other people's stories mm-hmm. um, that are like slightly more interesting than like going to get food again in, in the right. shopping district. But yeah, I, I, I don't know what I would change, but because I, I do really like the like you're kind of just being a student, mm-hmm. you know, hanging out with your friends. Like I like that conceptually mm-hmm. i don't think it's executed super great yeah um, i think part of it is just mechanically it's just like not fun yes it's super not fun yeah <laughs> it's super not fun and i also think like this line i may just be a school wor- girl school girl but now i'm a school girl with a giant robot fucking rules but yeah. also i don't feel like there was ever any point in her story where she where i felt like she was like concerned about like just being a schoolgirl, you right, know what i mean like right. that wasn't there was no internal conflict with that mm-hmm. there was no like anybody thinking less of her because of this thing and, and maybe it's like implied i guess or we're just supposed to assume that people think less of her because she is a schoolgirl. but I, like i almost wonder if it's yeah maybe it's meant to play on the assumed reaction of the player to like her story and how it goes and like oh i don't want to be like talking about boys i don't care about that you know i don't know i I think that's undercut though because we know she is the first person we see in this game summon a giant robot so we know that she has a giant robot so what's the point of trying to like from the beginning (laughs) yeah it's like we show we show the cool thing it's like Mm -hmm. oh she's obviously more than she seems and then we just like are supposed to cover our eyes for a yeah for for, you know a eight chapters or whatever and then it's like oh no she's she's more than she seems it's like we saw her summon a robot immediately what are you talking about that is a really good point especially and like you and i specifically talked about how cool that scene was and how cool it was to see like you know crowds of people running away and this like school girl running in like it's it's sick and so yeah it it feels like a i don't know a character arc that is not like well set up i guess yeah Yeah. i just i just think it's betrayed by the fact that we play as all the sentinels and like we Mm -hmm. see her in battles and stuff like if there were characters we played as who like if we played as miwa or something or if we played as like a (laughs) secondary character you know what i mean like if if not every single person jumped into a sentinel at the end of their story like we know Mm -hmm. they do I think this story could have really been like a, whoa, holy shit. Yeah. I can't believe Iori's about to hop into a robot, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I think that could have been fucking sick. I mean, it is fucking sick, but I think it could have been narratively fucking sick. Right, right. (laughs) 
And it's also, I think it's also undercut by the fact that, like, we see her going through, you know, throughout her story, she's time traveling and, like, you know, dreaming about all these wild things. Like, all this wild shit is happening to her. And she's just focused on on Ace Higahara. Yeah. And so, I don't know, the idea that, like, oh, suddenly she's taking it all seriously. It's like, well, she should have, like... I don't know. It's like, obviously she's taking it serious. I don't know. Yeah. It just, it feels, it feels so silly throughout that. It's like when you get here, it's like, well, yeah, now she's just like acting like a human, you know, (laughs) as opposed to just like, you know, someone who's only focus on in life is this one man. I don't know. I just feel like the game did her a little dirty. I, I, I agree. I agree. But she does have, a, a line I will never forget from this game. So, so that's that, you know, that's uh, some penance for her, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But uh, that'll be the end of Yori Fusaka in terms of remembrances. Yay. Uh, congratulations. Great job, Yori. Yeah. Let's move on now. I was trying to think of something clever to say about being a giant <laughs> schoolgirl and a robot, but I can't, I can't top I'm a schoolgirl with a giant robot. So, like, yeah, it's just really good. Let's move on to the story of Natsuno Minami. Okay, um, so we have a few with Natsuno, but we're going to do two of them and then hop to Yuki and then hop back to Natsuno because that's the order you play them in. And that's also kind of the chronological, like chronologically, that is how they go. So we will do it like that, (laughs) starting with uh, Natsuno to 65 percent, a missing memory. So we are again in the athletics building. She thinks about the conversation that or the log that she saw with Ogata and her from 2188 talking about making aliens and doing the thing. And and then somehow at the end of that, like thinking about like, oh, we're aliens. It's like, "Mm, I'm not entirely convinced by that future log that the robot showed me. Like, (laughs) what are you talking about? Um, So she's like, I'm going to I'm going to go with BJ to find these to find the rest of these logs to confirm this. Like, okay. (laughs) if you go to think about aliens, she's like, oh, man, the the men in black suits must still think that BJ is an alien. That's why they're still after him. Mm. Gosh. girl i wrote never change because <laughs> um, like even in the heat of this like you've just mm-hmm. been deeply described everything that's going on right she's like no 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 but yeah, i'm still like, <laughs> give me this bit of denial as a truth to know you have way more knowledge now than most people in the yeah. game <laughs> uh yeah exactly and people in the game not just in the yeah mm-hmm. so uh we checked the locker because bj's not in the locker room but he apparently stayed hidden in the locker wow Good boy, BJ. Natsuno asks, uh, like, what kind of robot BJ is? Uh, And he explains that he is an AI that was transplanted into a uh, scout unit um, from a Sentinel. (laughs) And so she's like, okay, cool. So you're you're like an artificial personality, whatever, in this robot. And then she tells him that it's hard to believe that, like, she and her friends are aliens. Uh, and PJ just looks at her and there's a, a dot, dot, dot. And then he says, okay. And then he turns <laughs> around and, and goes to walk to the door. It's like, uh, okay, great. And then, uh, you know, brings up the logs from 2188 that they saw uh, and says that she needs to know the truth. Truth. She needs to know the truth. So she'll be tagging along uh, to get all the answers from Sentinel number 17. And so then you pack BJ up in the bag and you head out. And before you leave, you once again have to like tell the coach and the manager Mm -hmm. that like, oh, I'm leaving for world saving reasons. Uh, The coach is like uh, says something about someone having broken into the locker room last night, uh, like fully breaking the lock. And that's all we hear about it. (laughs) And Natsuno's like, okay, bye. 
So then we head to the shrine and we teleport to uh, Sector 1, uh, which is the lab in 2105. And as we walk into the the lab, I just thought it was interesting uh, that Natsuna says this is the only room with the lights on, which I don't think really means anything, but I just thought it was interesting that, like, this is the only room that has mm-hmm. lights on. You know, I don't know. It's, it's pretty interesting. Like, why is this the one that still has power? And I guess it's we're sh- shortly answered that question. Yeah. Because this seems like this is like where, you know, we know that this was Ida's lab, so we know that there's a lot of information here. So I assume this is somewhere that, like, Morimura and stuff like come back to frequently right. to to reference right. and cross reference. Natsuno asks like she's like oh this is underground so what's the surface like and BJ says the surface is riddled with radiation uh, basically because the government tried to nuke the Daimos <laughs> uh, and it did not work but oh, oh well now we can't go up anymore. Little Godzilla <laughs> yeah a little Godzilla for you a little Godzilla for you. So BJ uh, mentions uh, that he's run a self-diagnostic and discovered that 72% of his memory is gone, which we already knew from Mirror's thing, and that he's been tampered with at least twice, possibly more. Uh, And we know that one of those was from Tamau. And I don't know if we know the first one we've seen ryoko hanging around we him do a see lot. ryoko hanging around and and the door was and you know someone broke into the locker room mm-hmm. so maybe that's it not sure so uh, bj explains that this facility has the, lar- the the era's largest quantum computer which i guess is also another reason why the lights mm-hmm. are on in here uh and he's uh starts to say i'm i'm kind of filling in the very end of this sentence yeah. but i'm assuming this is what it is uh he says if anyone were to store memories here they'd be at least 300 Uh, And then he gets cut off. But I assume the end of that conversation would be at least 300 meters below the surface. Mm -hmm. But maybe it was something else. I don't know. Uh, Well, he he gets he gets as far as 300 meters bill and then it gets cut off. So I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe it's not below the surface. Maybe it's like below the space station or something. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, anyway, but uh, he gets cut off because somebody shifts in. So the Natsuno and BJ hide in a side room, I guess. That's like right outside yeah, the main know. door. Broom closet. Yeah. Uh, and so here I've written, um, it's not a super cryptic conversation, but I think it's easier to just like read through the thing than it is to explain it. Uh, and, I, and I like the stinger. So yeah, <laughs> we've got a cryptic conversation time. Uh, so, uh, Chihiro Morimura, child version, and, uh, Renya Goto walk in, and, uh, they are hanging out at the computer, and Chihiro says, This decode is problematic. It attaches itself to the part of the brain where memories are stored. It must be physically severed to be removed. The damage this procedure does to the brain is lethal. Uh, Goto says, That program, the one that severs the code, that's what's infecting the Sentinels, uh, which I assume is... Like Juro, mm-hmm. A, Ryoko, anyone who's taking the right. pills. And Shihiro says, right, Sentinels. Uh, I wasn't aware the control over the automated factories could be partially adjusted. You did well to discover that detail. Goto says, it wasn't me. That was Jiro Izumi from two loops ago. <laughs> uh, I guess if it was two loops ago, that means that was one Jiro, and then one loop ago would be another Jiro, and then where the current loop is the third Jiro. <laughs> so... I- I guess yeah. I guess that's what that means. Uh, yeah. What Moriyama meant by the old Izumi-kun, mm-hmm. um, a pre four two six Izumi. Anyway, uh, Chihiro says two loops ago, and Goto says, "Have you forgotten? We've restarted twice since the world ended." Uh, Chihiro says, "I see. The shifting range isn't limited to just residential zones. Sector Zero makes that possible. In any case, we don't have much time. Where did you get all this information from?" Uh, Goto says, the computer from the underground UFO. Chihiro laughs and says, "UFO, huh? That's what you've been calling it these days. Well, can we go there?" Goto says, yes, we can. You're the one who made that possible, after all. Have you really forgotten? Uh, And then she says, in case you couldn't tell, I have a child's brain. The occasional memory loss is expected. Let's go. And they leave. 
That's uh, pretty cryptic to me. It's there's a lot well, in the middle the, the, there that I'm like there's, the, the loop yeah. stuff is. Whoosh. Yeah, yeah, the loop stuff. We, yeah, <laughs> right over my head. I, I I feel like we've like in that Morimura conversation, we kind of got explained what not exactly what a loop is, but like what it takes to restart a loop, um, mm-hmm. which I guess is to kill everyone and then. St- and then restart it from the beginning. Yeah. Um, but I'm still not entirely sure the exact like process behind restarting a loop. Um, no, I guess everybody's like, consciousness. That... Yeah. What it means. Yeah. Because we've seen people just like disappear. Well, okay. Um, Hold on. Okay. Because the sector, the mystery files on the sectors, hmm. they say sector one, a facility that simulates years 2089 to 2109. Sector two, a facility that simulates years 2049 to 2069. Oh, it's all 20 year increments. Mm-hmm. So every 20 years, the sectors are restarted. Right. Interesting. Also, I don't know what what it is, but I forgot to bring it up. What is it about 16 going back 16 years? Yeah, I don't know. Right. That was that's, now, it's very yeah. weird because we've gotten I mean, now I guess both with with Yori, um, mm-hmm. like she went back 16 years with Shu and then yeah. a was like, we should go back 16 years. Um, I don't know. Well, I guess if it's if they're simulating to let's see. Yeah, they're simulating to like 89 and they're currently in 85. So 16 years would be the beginning of the loop. Oh, okay. it, would, it would bring them back to I 69. See. I see. Uh, nice. Which, um, and yeah, and Yori's 16 years old, so that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, interesting. Hmm. That is interesting, though. <laughs> that, like, if the kaiju attack after 16 years, then there's just four years of, of what, Daimos rule or whatever? Or, like, does it take four years They don't to... know what rule. They, they like, they're right. basically they deactivated. And then, and, right. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. Anyway. So Goto and Chihiro leave. Uh, Natsuno comes out um, and is like screaming, like, what's happening? What's going on? And BJ's like, Natsuno, calm down. Uh, and she says, like, oh, I would have jumped out if you hadn't if you hadn't like held me back or whatever. <laughs> um, and then Goto, Senpai and uh, Morimura Kun or whatever, whatever they are, whatever their uh, honorifics yeah. are, thinks about just like, oh, Goto is able to time travel, too, and then recognizes Chihiro as Mira's sister and <laughs> notes that uh, Goto was talking to her like a scientist. Mm-hmm. Um, not the fact that she was talking back to him like a fucking grown ass scientist. I, doesn't but... she think something like she seems different? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like She's like, something's off about this child who talks like a fucking uh, neuroscientist. Um, yeah. So then BJ finds where his memories are generally located, hidden in the cache, uh, and says, apparently I predicted all of this somehow. Uh, and then Natsuno's like, okay, great. Can you find your memories? And he's like, well, <laughs> there's nine, <laughs> 9.216 million data units, and it would take me about 80 days to scan <laughs> through all of them. So I think I probably left myself a hint somehow. He's like, I, usually it's two two letters followed by uh, two numerals uh, and like starts to think about it. And, and Natsuno's like, oh, it's BJ, like your name is BJ 115. Mm. And when she says like, oh, you, he, BJ, he's like, oh, yeah, you gave me that name. And she's like, no, I didn't. You told yeah, me that like, was you your name. said that. He's like, oh, I don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> so then he looks up BJ 115, finds his memories or where his memories are, I guess, which is on board Sentinel 17 which is orbiting 900 kilometers above the planet. So then Natsuno's like, oh, okay, now what? And Vijay says, well, we have to go. And she says, to space? And he says, no, to the UFO. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so, 
So uh, so they leave to go to the UFO uh, and that'll yeah. be and that's that's the ending. A missing memory. I do love that Natsuno gets a moment to like not be quite so much of a herbo and be like, <laughs> you said these numbers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when when we first met in so. the um, in BJ's mystery files, it says like, thanks to Natsuno's great memory or something. Yeah. Uh, it's like, nice. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> Good for her. Yeah. Uh, so now moving on to uh, the next phase of Natsuno's story, which will take us to 87 percent, is Woo-hoo. called A Closed World. We start off back in the athletics building and uh, the track room. Natsuno walks on to find Ryoko looking around her locker and her P.E. bag. Mm-hmm. Um, and when she asks Ryoko, like, uh, can I help you with something? Ryoko just leaves. Yeah. Uh, doesn't even answer her. Um, so it turns out BJ luckily was hanging out in the laundry pile. And he says that Ryoko was probably looking for the like important 2188 logs or information on uh like future tech so they they decide okay we've got to go keep looking for sentinel 17 so they go to the shrine so sector one is now sealed like sector five so they can't go there anymore but he says oh i think there's a way that we can go there from sector three which so what (laughs) like what that gate isn't locked i guess i I guess yeah. But like you can go to sector three and then what like you you then have free reign to go to sector one. Like, what does that mean? I think like, yeah, it must be like specific gates, I guess. Or I guess maybe can because be, can be like sealed off from others. But like, it, you know, it's like yeah. if like part of a, you know, a whole block of a street was mm. was like blocked off for, for, you know. Yeah, I guess I should think about these yeah. as physical spaces and not. Yeah, like, that's the thing. It's <laughs> time like, periods. so, yeah, it's like, oh, yeah. we can't get there from here because it's, you know, this lane is blocked. But right, if we, we you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So they they go to sector three, which is the uh, ruined city of 2025. And they they end up in that like destroyed building where um, we've seen most of the scenes here. Yeah. Uh, and Natsuno finds Ryoko's student ID here. And then they come out of the building and Ryoko is there and she's, I think, aiming a gun at them. Yeah. Right? She Well, uh, yeah. she comes out and, and says that, like, she doesn't pull the gun out yet, but she says, like, I know that you're working like this is 426's hideout. I know you're right. working with him and then pulls the gun out. Right. So so BJ tries to basically convince Ryoko that. Um, yeah, sorry. I, my, my notes are, are, are much more threadbare than Kim's. They're they're more shorthand because um, they assume that you're going to re- actually remember things without seeing them on the page. My apologies. Um, BJ basically explains to, to Ryoko, like, you know, they want you to capture me so that they can like delete, <laughs> delete me and and make sure that nobody can find the logs from twenty one eighty eight not even the logs of you. And she's like, okay, I don't care about that. And he says, well, what if I told you about the logs with you and Tetsuya Ida? Uh, to which she like is taken aback for a second. But then <laughs> Matsuno immediately jumps in front of him. It's like, no, stop. And gets shot. It's like, oh, okay. yeah. Um, and BJ, BJ like yells, Natsuno. And it's very mm. cute. So yeah, Natsuno wakes up. Uh, BJ is gone. Ryoko is gone. And she is stuck in sector three. Yeah. Um, oh, so now to see how she gets out, yeah. we're going to talk about Yuki's story. Yes. I'm not going to put the transition music here because this is all one story, uh, basically. Uh, so we're at Yuki Takamiya 100%. The story is called Not Chan. Uh, we're on the roof thinking about the android, thinking about the Jiro Izumi bot. 
um, and basically like puts together all the pieces of like, oh, okay, so the memories were in the nano machines, and then they were trying to get the the. <laughs> it's like it's, it basically is like, oh, well, Jiro Azumi's trying to get back into like a, a, a real body and like how nano machines work and everything, quote unquote. Because I also am still not entirely sure how <laughs> nano machines work, and then uh, starts thinking about uh, Natsuno and whether she still has enough food and decides to go talk to A in the old building. Uh, in the old building, we have a, a really long search sequence for no reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, you walk into one room and it takes her like a full like five seconds to walk in and out of that room. And it's like, not here. And then you walk three steps to the right and BJ's like, hello, we're right here. Like, why? <laughs> Another yeah. just like weird choice of the game to like, why are we doing this? Yeah. So then uh, BJ's there with A who is like on the ground holding his head quickly deteriorating uh, because his nanomachines are doing the thing that uh, uh, Chihiro and Goto just said they would do uh, was separate and be lethal. So A uh, just tells them like, you know, Natsuno is in Sector 3, uh, so you should go and rescue her. I will wait here. <laughs> um, and Yuki's like, can you take care of yourself? And he says, I think my, I, I think myself is the only thing I can handle right now, which I thought was a, a good line. I don't know. So he <laughs> before they leave, he gives Yuki his gun uh, and then says, uh, I recorded a message inside BJ. If anything happens to me, make sure you find me and show me that message, uh, which is a scene we've already seen from A, mm-hmm. uh, where they meet, oh God, wherever Miura's scenes start, they, it's, they meet uh, up there. Uh, by the Katie River. Yes, uh, they meet up there and he sees the uh, video that he took right here, I guess. So then Yuki and BJ head to the 2025 ruined city. Uh, and BJ points out that there is an unusual concentration of androids nearby, which means they probably have found something. So then we fade or we, we run off to wherever. Uh, it turns out it's the ruined kaiju. Uh, Nachan is stuck in the kaiju body, uh, which for some mysterious reason, the mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> androids will not go near. Um, she says that she ate her last can of food last night and now she's all out of soda as well. Things are dire here. For Natsuno. But then bang, bang, pew, pew, Yuki comes, shoots a gun. We get another like hit A to shoot robot <laughs> scene, uh, which is interesting. I love, I love, I love the way that Yuki holds the gun. Uh, and I'm now seeing that you added to the notes. We got to talk about how Yuki holds this gun. <laughs> yeah, it um, is wild. I was rewatching really, these um, yeah. to prepare. And I just so she's got a very wide stance uh, <laughs> yeah. in the legs of a little bit of like a crouch. She's all hunched. She's yeah. got both hands on the gun, mm-hmm. like holding it up. She's afraid um, of this gun. She she has no fucking idea what she's doing. Yeah, <laughs> it's so funny. It's great. And then she, uh, um, you know, she shoots him and then just says, like, I'm supposed to know how to use a freaking gun. And be just like, <laughs> you did great. You did a great job, which I just love because, you know, Yuki's been played off as this like, you know, hard Sukeban girl. Mm-hmm. who like fights and blah 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 but you know <laughs> yeah. she's still she's just like i don't know how to hold a fucking gun yeah. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about i punch people me? i don't yeah. yeah um so then uh she <laughs> sorry she fires on two of them and or all, all three of them and one of them gets back up and bj says shoot at the battery and she's like i am what do you think i'm doing <laughs> um so then uh yuki runs up to natsuno and they embrace uh and it's very sweet and she said how did you find me and yuki says i'd come find you anywhere not chan even if i have to cross time and space to do it it's so cute Ah! yeah it's really nice uh (laughs) it's good shit so then they hug again and bj's just like poking around uh the near the sentinel and says oh the magnetic or sorry it's a molar a g molar uh says this magnetic field is still up uh that's why the androids wouldn't come near Mm-hmm. okay and then it's like we're gonna have to wait for small talk because there are four more androids coming and before they run off yuki says no matter what comes our way i will protect you with everything i have 
really, really sweet. Really, really, really so sweet. sweet. And then we fade to black and we will catch right back up with Natsunodo 100%. Yeah. I am kind of bummed we didn't get the scene of Yuki uh, triggering her Sentinel because I feel like that would have been pretty sick. I know. Yeah. But anyway. Uh, yeah, we don't get it for Nachan either. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, they're on Samiri Bridge. Uh, I guess uh, Natsuno, uh, Yuki, and Miura and BJ all run in. You know, it's, I guess, implied like they've found, they've gotten Natsuno out. They know where the Sentinel is. They're going to have it, like, trigger it here so that they can, you know, like, get it out of space, I guess. And then, like, dismiss it to wherever Sentinels go when they're yeah. not around i have no idea yeah. so bj says listen i can't operate 17 anymore um and miura can't it's like not his sentinel actually yeah miura's miura's uh, attached to 19 now right yeah um so he says listen i want to i want to give it to you but the way that it works basically like when they update <laughs> like who the sentinel is attached to it will destroy the memories so they have to basically at the very same time have bj download the memories and then like register the sentinel to not snow so much detail <laughs> it's a lot of like here's how <laughs> I a like, computer I don't know works why we have to, yeah. yeah but anyway yuki's like as long as like Natsuno isn't going to be in danger and bj says don't worry the sentinel will protect Nachan. and yuki's like like you know i should be the one to go in there and send Nachan. And uh, they're like, no, no, you have a Sentinel too. <laughs> like yeah. You have your own Sentinel. Really good. Um, yeah. So they do the thing. Uh, they they summon 17. They like time it, you know, Natsuno like touches her little cheek scar to, to register the Sentinel to herself. Doesn't have a sick one liner. No, <clears throat> she doesn't. And then she like dismisses the Sentinel again. Somehow. Uh, just as she does. BJ powers down and Mira explains that in order to download the log data, like he didn't have enough storage to have both his AI and the log data on this little scout unit. And so he deleted his AI in order to download the log data. And it is extremely sad. AJ wrote, this is so sad in bold italics and underlined with about 400 exclamation points. And I agree. It's really sad. (sighs) But I do want to say, you know, we talked about our hopes for for how this would kind of turn et on its head and yeah. it really does like i yeah. think that her i find knots in a story to be really good from start to finish yeah i feel like she, she has an arc and yeah I, it, you know she's she, good she she loses bj which we knew was gonna happen because we of one of the battles she happen. said this is what he left to me yeah but it doesn't make yeah. it any more sa- any less sad <laughs> yeah uh the fact I, I think what's most sad is that she doesn't realize it at first she's like oh bj what's up and then it's like hey Hey, like, turn back on. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, I forgot before, you know, before they they do the whole thing. She's like, this is going to be great. I'm going to have the Sentinel. I'm going to fight the Kaiju next to my pal BJ. Yeah. 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 Nobody. I feel like both BJ and Mira know what's Mm going to happen and they don't. Yeah. They don't tell her. I'm really curious now what Mira's 100 percent looks like. Um, Yeah. Because, you know, however they get together uh, however he gets together with yuki nachan and uh mm-hmm. bj and whatever moment that mm-hmm. bj and him have of like look here's here's the deal like yeah. i'm gonna have to delete myself i think that's also going to be very sad yeah um yeah so i'm, I'm really curious about that but that brings us 
finally to 100% Natsuno. Mm -hmm. Um, And we had talked a little bit beforehand how this is kind of like a self-contained story. And I really feel that because I don't have any questions. Like, I I feel I know exactly what happened (laughs) in this whole story Mm -hmm. arc, except for like the general, like how anything works. But like, I I get it on an emotional level and I get it from a narrative level as well. Uh, Mm -hmm. So really good shit. Yeah. (sighs) Really sad. Really sad. sad. But should we move on, I guess, now? Yes. <laughs> to the final, uh, it'll be another pair uh, mm-hmm. of, of stories here. We're going to do uh, the story of Jiro Karabe uh, as well as Megumi Yakushiji. Uh, kind of sprinkled in uh, like one on one off. Yeah, we're we have them like staggered basically yeah. because their last couple, each of them, their last couple of stories are like basically chronological with each other. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's how so we're doing. Here it. we go. The stories of Jiro Karabe and Megumi Yakushiji. Uh, so we start off with Jiro to 88% ending called Intrusion. We're back in the classroom, as always. There's the whole Shiba exchange with Jiro being like, I know that you're Izumi, and him being like, oh, I guess mind hacking has its limits, which is interesting that it's the same thing <laughs> for these final three chapters right. or two chapters, whatever. Yeah, very interesting. So then Tomi leaves her conversation with Miwa, and Miwa is just hanging out. Uh, and Jiro's like, hey, where is Tomi going? Like, what's she, what's she doing? And Miwa tells Jiro that uh, Tomi goes to Tokishaka Shrine to meet a guy. And it's like, wait, don't tell Nenji I said that. Yeah. <laughs> um, he'll get jealous. Don't tell him. So then, uh, like, Shiba teleports away. Is like, oh, I have to, you know, try harder to erase your memories. It's like, it's the same thing, right? It's not a new one. Like, it's not a new, like, memory conversation. It's just, like, the same. No, like, it's the same. It's the same conversation over and over again. Weird. Yeah. I I, I guess the implication is just, like, yeah, he just, you know, he just keeps trying. <laughs> yeah. Know. I don't know. It's weird. Uh, so he, uh, Shiba disappears. We head out in the hallway, run into Ogata, uh, who asks if we've seen Tomi. And Jero says, the first time I did this, actually, I accidentally didn't tell him where Tommy went. Yeah. And like it locked me out from the <laughs> he rest like, of that Yeah, scene. he just like, like skulks off. Yeah, it's like, shit. Um, mm-hmm. So you tell him that uh, Tommy is probably at Tokisaka Shrine and that you'll tag along. So you all head to the shrine. Uh, and Jero's like, oh, this street's kind of familiar for some reason. Like, I've been here Mm-hmm. for some reason i don't know and then they continue on uh hijiyama is there and ogata's mad uh because the last time they've seen each other was uh when hijiyama kidnapped him uh mm-hmm. sucker punched him and 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 brought him to the matrix room and they're about to get into a fight uh and then jero's like wait no we're like we're looking for tomi do you know where tomi is and uh, ogata's like yeah you're right we we have things to do and hijiyama's like oh bummer <laughs> Like he's yeah. upset that he couldn't get into a fight uh, and calls he calls Ogata a selfish bastard, calls Ogata yes. a selfish bastard. Uh, very good. <laughs> it's just um, so funny. And then Hijiyama says, like, oh, I'm I'm also looking for uh, Okino. <laughs> Kim in her notes has written, fuck Miwa, I guess, because Jiro immediately spills the beans <laughs> that she's been meeting some guy. He's <laughs> um, like immediately tells the secret that she told him not to tell. Yeah. Ridiculous. <laughs> And so, you know, uh, very <laughs> Kim wrote in her notes hilariously. Uh, it's extremely funny because Ogata and Hijiyama are both immediately jealous of their love interests um, meeting the other's love interest. Yeah, um, which extreme. is like there is no world where <laughs> either of them has to be worried. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> now we get the best moment in the game. Uh, Hijiyama says, by the way, do you know how uh, how to work this time travel business? Ogata says, uh, oh, you don't know either? And <laughs> they both just go, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's just two himbos trying yes. to like, I don't know, make fire. It's incredible. <laughs> Slam rocks together. <sighs> so then Jero uh, finally is like, oh, wait, I remember there was <laughs> there was something on the ground and I threw it out. <laughs> so then he walks over to the fucking dumpster and it's like, holy shit, holy shit. And Ogata and Giammi are like, what? And he's like, there's a fucking body in here. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and so then we get a flashback. Uh, or no, sorry, I guess they, they take out the body of Tamau Karabe, the android, and then Jero finally decides to have a flashback. Uh, so we head back to the memory uh, outside Tokisaka Shrine. Uh, Jero is talking about how he's finally gotten, that, gotten his hands on that one movie when he comes across A and the uh, Tamau android. A aiming his gun at Tamau uh, says he should never have let them go uh, because if you'll remember, he is the one that freed uh he freed Izumi in Tomi's body mm-hmm. uh, from the lab. Uh, and they say, if only I hadn't spared you, um, then then they would have been fine. But Tamau is like, this is post jumping off the bridge, Tamau. So she's like torn up, you know, like leg exposed, whatever, has been shot by Morimura already. Uh, so she's not doing great. And Tamau says, you must think you're handling this situation well. But Miura is aware. The reason he deleted your memories at school was to hide the log from you. Uh, A says, quit stalling and shoots her once again and thinks Morimura must have arranged this and runs out. Uh, so then Jiro approaches the android and is immediately like flipped onto his back as the android mm-hmm. holds him down and says, uh, uh, today's my lucky day. And there's this flash of white and Jiro stands up <laughs> to Mal's body is on the ground and Kutoshiba is there. Hello. It's our best friend mm-hmm. Kutoshiba. And <laughs> Jiro's like, who are you? And Shiba says, did you forget your best buddy? I'm afraid that's not very nice. And then there's like this like zap effect or whatever and Jero says oh yeah sorry I remember you now you're Shibakun it's like the Thorian it is <laughs> like the said. Thorian it is exactly it's the like same the conditioning as the Thorian that he uses to to like manipulate <laughs> Jero I thought that was so interesting it, yeah. for those who haven't listened to our Mass Effect season or haven't played Mass Effect the Thorian is a uh, spoilers I guess it is a plant like creature that controls uh, people's minds by uh, like basically using negative reinforcement when they try and resist it yeah. uh by you know making them be in pain so it's just very interesting yeah uh, fun it's the same thing yeah uh and then uh Jiro thinks for a second is like wait a minute i was just attacked i have to call the police and she was like nah whatever it's just a doll we should get it out of the street so it doesn't cause an accident uh and <laughs> convinces Jiro, i guess by himself uh to, yeah. th- to throw well, this android th- into the trash i think she was like here i'll help you and it's like you're you're a figment <laughs> Ow, my of man. my imagination how <laughs> yeah but yeah um, they so they throw, throw they throw uh tamau in the trash and that's that's the end of the uh that's the end of the scene yes so now uh we're gonna pick up with megami's story to 85 percent uh ending called days long gone so uh we start out in the karabe house megami walks in jiro's asleep uh, on the living room floor she starts to prepare dinner after she's done cooking uh he wakes up and he's like hey am i jiro izumi (laughs) (laughs) and she's like oh holy shit uh do you remember me do you remember anything about me and he doesn't answer that he just asks her if she knew that his dreams are jiro izumi's memories and uh she like thinks for a minute and she's like well i made a promise to tamau so 
she tells him, no, 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 you're Jiro Karabe. Ha ha. Uh, and he's like, why are you saying that? I know it's not true. She's like, well, I made a promise to Tamao-san um, and he gets upset and runs away. So we get a flashback to the, the promise to Tamao. It's lunch period. We're on the roof of the school building. Uh, and the implication is that like this is shortly after Megami has come to this time and found out that like Jiro Izumi is no more and he's Jiro Karabe now. Tamao comes in and finds Megami there and says, oh, you're so sad. Well, I... <laughs> I am going to arrange for you to live with Juro, but there are two conditions. First, you have to treat him as Juro Karabe. You can't tell him anything about the future. You can't tell him he's Juro Izumi. And second, if he starts to remember that he's Juro Izumi, tell me immediately. Otherwise, it could be dangerous. And she goes, the reasons are are unimportant. And I feel like uh, the reasons are very important, but, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the reasons are important. Yeah. Because uh, they're afraid that he's going to turn into a murderer <laughs> who has already killed her. But oh, it's not important. I thought it was. I, I thought the reasons were because uh, he would just like go mad or whatever. Like he like he did. Oh, before. yeah, that too. Yeah. Either way. Either way. Important. <laughs> Yes. important because technically this is 426 you know so why would he right. do, you know i don't know anyway right so uh megami is like i it's funny i um said no at first just to see what would happen and then yeah. she like to me i was like okay bye and then she changes her mind. <laughs> That's not um so she's like wait i do want to do it Shit. um so to me i was like great here's a rental agreement sign that and that's how megami came to live at the karabe house just why didn't she tell tommy why couldn't she just give a, a heads up like that's your best friend and currently your roommate like come on man anyway i'm just this whole scene is just like mm-hmm. red flag, red flag, red flag, red flag, red flag. <laughs> and Megumi's like, I get to live with my boyfriend mm-hmm. who doesn't know who I am. Uh, yes, yeah. please. Sign me up. Like, come also, on. Yeah. Messed up. So at school the next day, we just uh, we see that she tries to talk to Fluffy at the gate and uh, he runs away, uh-huh. which I think is just I was like, why is this in here? And I think it's actually to like place us back in time in like the present Mm. So after school, Megami walks out in the hallway and runs into nurse Morimura. And Morimura starts asking uh, if there's been any change in Jiro's condition or if he's had any confusion about whether he's Jiro Izumi. <laughs> um, and Megami goes, what makes you ask that? And Morimura goes, sounds like you know something. <laughs> Megami's like, do you know something? <laughs> this conversation is so funny. I wrote oh, my notes. What man. are we doing here, ladies? Um, it's very so, funny because they're talking about different Izumis. They're both oh, talking about different Izumis. I didn't think about that. Because Morimura's talking about 426 and and Megumi's talking yeah. about, you know, Jiro Izumi, the savior. So Jiro walks up and he's like, he's like, hey, uh, Nurse Morimura, um... Am I true? He's me. <laughs> and she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, and then he like he asks her a few more questions and then suddenly seems frightened and runs away. <laughs> and this is so funny seeing it from this side because Megami goes, good. what was that about? It's good. And Murray Moore goes, I don't know. <laughs> and just walks off. And no, and she seems so unbothered. And literally a moment ago, she was like, so desperate for information about whether this man remembered being Jiro Izumi. Yeah. And now she's like, all right, whatever. And walks away. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah. So uh, Megami runs after Jiro. She follows him to the stairs, but 
instead of finding Juro, she finds Fluffy. And Fluffy's like, hey, we got an emergency. Juro has been taken by Okina. She, he says by bad people. Mm-hmm. Um, we will find out later that the next scene that it's it's Okino and Hijiyama. Mm-hmm. He says, you know, they're going to alter his memories. You got to go rescue him. And then Fluffy goes, damn it, he's getting too far. Yeah. And he disappears. He like statics um, out. It's very yeah, good. It was really, really good. Um, which like, I'm so fascinated by like, what is the range mm-hmm. on Izumi's projection powers? Yeah. Exactly. Anyway. Yeah, I wish we had like a, ta- a city map so we could see like where the, uh, you know, Hirogomi show is compared to yeah. Sakura High. So yeah, can we actually, do we want to <laughs> save this next scene until after yeah, we Yeah, okay, about- let's do that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, so we, we will finish this Megumi scene after we finish this Juro scene because uh, they're related. So we head uh, back in time a little bit, once again in the classroom, telling Shiba that, you know, I remember you possessing me or whatever. And, you know, mind hacking has its limits and we we teleport uh, or he disappears. Uh, so then we go out to the hallway and we see hmm, Megumi talking to Morimura. Sounds pretty mm-hmm. familiar. Uh, and we have the exact scene that we just had uh, with Morimura talking to Megumi. Uh, but we, you know, come up at the part where Jiro comes up and he confronts Morimura uh, after recognizing her as the woman in his dreams. He says, I'm Jiro Izumi and the way I am now is something you created. The woman I just, the woman I saw in my dreams on Sumire Bridge, it's not Yori, it's you. And then, more, you know, Morimura's like, mm, no, <laughs> it's not. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, Jiro asks if she's aware of Shiba slash Izumi uh, being inside of him. And then Shiba shows up and says, you think you can just walk in here and screw everything up? I'm not afraid to shut your mouth. Uh, And then like Jiro like takes a step back and is afraid and (laughs) and thinks uh, that if the woman from his dream is real, then Okino must be real as well. Uh, And then uh, runs off from Megami and Morimura uh, and remembers that he saw Okino in the break area, uh, which we commented on when it happened of Okino Mm -hmm. just standing in front of one one of the vending machines. So we had the break area. Okino was there and Jiro's like, hey, Sukasa Okino, like, is this is that you? And he just tries to walk away and he's like, don't <laughs> hey, don't leave. Like, I we know I know you. We know each other. And then Jiro remembers that he met Okino somewhere else uh, before the UFO. And we get a flashback. Oh, man, this get is a, so wild. We get a flashback. Maximum security prison interrogation room. One loop ago. Twenty one oh four. We see prisoner four two six. Looks a lot like adult Juro <laughs> shackled into a chair and Okino walks in uh, and a screen pops up and there's this old guy on it. I was like, oh, this is interesting that this random old guy is getting a portrait uh, and he is the like head interrogator detective, whatever, uh, introduces himself as Onishi the Ogre. There he is. Um, extremely, does he call himself the Ogre? He doesn't call himself one? the Ogre. Oh. No, he does not. Extremely, extremely good. I was like really trying to figure it out. I was like, is this Onishi? I don't know if that makes yeah. sense. Uh, and then he introduced himself and I was like, OK, I, I, I was just like so caught off guard that we got this portrait for this random mm-hmm. guy. Me too. I didn't put two and two together at all until he identified himself. Yeah, I was completely in the dark. Yeah, uh, it's very it's very interesting, actually. Mm-hmm. The fact that he's like in the in the uh, world, I guess. Yeah. Um, so Onishi explains to uh, Okino, like 
don't worry, it's safe. We've like sedated him so he can't like attack you or whatever. Because, you know, uh, Jero Izumi uh, 426 is like yolked. Um, (laughs) So he explains that uh, this uh, 426 bombed Shikishima, killed countless people, but that his identity is still unknown uh, and that they've given him a truth serum. And he just began saying Okino's name over and over again. But Okino's like, I do not know who this guy is. And Onishi (laughs) says, well, your biometrics show you're telling the truth. So bummer. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry if you hear a dog in the background. Our neighbor just let their dog out in the back. And when the dog's out, it just barks. <laughs> never Aww. stops. And also when it's inside, it just barks and never stops. <laughs> dog's just barking all the time. Oh, this poor dog. Yeah. So they also mention a student named Chihiro Morimura. Uh, and Anishi shows a photo that just looks like Iori. And he says they haven't been able to bring her in yet because she's out of the country. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Really interesting. <laughs> yeah. Okino. So then uh, Okino claims that he does not recognize 426 or Chihiro. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. And that's that's when Onishi says your biometrics, you know, mm-hmm. say you're telling the truth uh, and lets Okino leave. And then <laughs> this is so fucked up. I know. Young, you know, 16 year old Juro Izumi walks in. <laughs> Also does not know who 426 is, but Anisha's yeah. like, hmm, that's interesting because your DNAs are a perfect match, yeah. which means one of you is a clone. Okay. Uh, and then 426 <laughs> reveals that he is Jiro Izumi from the future uh, and claims he had to commit this crime to prevent the emergence of Kaiju. As this conversation is happening, an evacuation order comes in because the Daimos are attacking. Interesting yeah, didn't, timing. Didn't work, my man. Did not work. Uh, and so then we move... <sighs> Back to the Hirogomicho, Hirogomicho, is that what it is? Uh, Abandoned factory. And Jero wakes up in what Kim has put uh, titled in the notes, the hot seat, uh, which I love. (laughs) Wish we came up with that earlier. Yeah, Um, me too. And, you know, obviously Okino and Hijiyama are there. Sorry, the hot seat being like the, the, you know, seat that Ogata was in and that Hijiyama was in. And they had the, you know, the headsets on. Okino and Hijiyama are there. Uh, Hijiyama attacked Jero and brought him here because, quote, you probably wouldn't have come willingly, which like... Maybe he would. I'm glad that you wrote this as well, because I also thought, like, maybe he would have, actually. Maybe yeah, if you like, just asked, like, hey. He I, knows I, some shit is up. Like, yeah. uh, uh, it's worth a try, at least. <laughs> at the very like, least. Rather than just, like, having Hijiyama knock people out left and right. Yeah. I'm just saying, maybe. <laughs> but hey, maybe maybe they don't have time, you know. Uh, <laughs> they don't have time for uh, <laughs> niceties. We have to knock people out and force them here. <laughs> um, anyway. <laughs> just a thought i don't know uh so then jiro says that he remembers being in the ufo with okino okino is surprised and says jiro izumi shifting in cycles there's only one person those memories could have come from to think he'd seek refuge within jiro himself uh, and then okino explains that izumi took over karabe's nanomachines which we knew and then okino projects an image of shiba <laughs> that they can all see uh, and tells shiba that he's under his control now Karabe accuses Shiba of trying to take over his mind, but Shiba says that Murimura is the one that wanted that. I feel like this is also a cryptic conversation. Yeah, stinger. yeah. Says that Shiba says that Morimura is the one that wanted that. Quote, she wanted to transfer my memory backups into you and match your personality with mine. But Tamao Karabe didn't like that idea. She created a new personality, the one you have now. What? <laughs> Yeah. Um, you know, Tamao Karabe, you know, head AI professor in 2188, I assume. So then Shiba explains that the reason he used the videotapes to alter Jero's memory is that the backups weren't meshing with his simulated personality, and it almost gave him a breakdown. So Shiba decided to turn them into something physical, 
that Jero could understand better. So, you know, instead of doing the pills and stuff, uh, Shiva decided to make it movies instead. <laughs> Great. So then Jero asks why Shiva tried to help. <laughs> he's like, I didn't want another copy of him uh, of, of himself running around. Uh, says he's sick of being used. And then his appearance changes to 426, the adult Jero Izumi in the trench coat. And 426 says, Morimura has given up on the Sentinel Project. Okino says the Sentinel Project is all they have. And 426 says, Sentinels alone cannot save them. <laughs> Wild <laughs> shit incoming, Kim has written here. Uh, 426 reveals that the UFO computer was programmed by Tsukasa Okino in 2188, but that he borrowed the environment management system from something else. A video game called Mighty Kaiju Daimos, uh, which is what contains the decode, which is summoning the kaiju. Fuck, man. I just... It's... <laughs> fucking god and it's so I, it's so good too because the sent in, in in one of the last battles uh okino was like yeah i don't know how i made the sentinels i kind of just copy and pasted from the daimos and then like did my own thing mm-hmm. <laughs> which is what the man did in 2188 as well <sighs> man that's good that's good shit i i so i guess i can yeah i, I have notes on this a little bit later yeah i don't hate this Mm -hmm. i don't i don't know i have mixed feelings about it just because it seems very silly it just seems very silly that this science like a big science man one of the presumably like brilliant like he had to be one of the greatest minds Mm -hmm. that they had to to save humanity is like i'm just gonna this part's not that important i'm just gonna copy that from like a game like that's so silly it's very Um, silly but, you know, I, we love a metafictional twist, I guess. Um, and <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I read here is the one thing I can say for sure is that I can't stop singing Lady Gaga's love game. Yeah. Every single time I think about um, them saying the game now, I'm like, let's play a love game, play a love game. <laughs> um, so that's where I'm at. Wow. In my head. Uh, really good. So Shiba goes on to explain basically how the battles work. It says up until now, we've been forced to play a game. We can't win. So 426 like hacked into the system and all the game so that they can actually like make themselves better as the the daimos are also making themselves better mm-hmm. um, he says you know when you kill enemies you can get meta prizes let's call them meta chips um, <laughs> that you can use to improve your sentinels which is nuts yeah <laughs> absolutely bonkers uh I, I i i do love it though i do like it a lot I think it's a little silly, but it's super silly. <laughs> it's super silly for sure. But I really, really yeah. enjoy it. So then, uh, uh, Okino's like, "Well, I, you know, I don't really trust four two six, and he asks for proof. Four two six says that there's a log on it, but that it's gone. And then Hijama says, "You're putting the fate of humankind's last colony in a video game." And four two six, he turns back into Shiba, and he's like, "Yes, right. You've seen the log. Like you, mm-hmm. you know what the log is." And yeah, he, it's like he's quoting from the log. Yes, and and Hijiyama asks what that log was about, and Shiba says, "If you want to find out, go ask that idol who's stuck in orbit." <laughs> and then <laughs> Megami <laughs> runs in, shoots Okino and Hijiyama. Four two six turns into Fluffy, and it's like, "Finally, you're here." And Megami's like, "Yeah, just in time." And he says, "Yeah, because I wouldn't stop talking." Yeah, he's he's snagging her again. Yeah, and then frees Juro. And so now I think we should, before we hop into yes, this yeah. 2188 flashback, mm-hmm. we should finish off 
Yes. This Megumi <laughs> bit. Cool. Yeah, we probably, I, in retrospect, we should have done this Megumi scene after this Jiro scene, nah, but whatever. No, 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 no. Um, <laughs> all right. So, uh, <laughs> so now we're in the alley right after uh, Megumi has rescued Jiro from Okino and Hijiyama. Mm-hmm. Unclear if the rescuing was needed. But anyway, <laughs> Jiro asks, wait, are you with him? Clearly referring to like 426 uh, Shiba. Yes. Um, and she goes, Fluffy? And he's like, I don't know what that means. Um, But yeah, we know it's the same entity, basically. And she asks if he recognizes what he's been seeing in his dreams and if he remembers her. And he says, I like I finally realize the memories I've been seeing aren't from the Juro that, you know, the only memory I have of you, Megami, is of when I killed you. Oh, that's so sad, man. Yeah, yeah. He so he's like, I only have the four to six memories, Oof. and that includes uh, killing you. And so I have been all this time. I've just been afraid of hurting you again. Mm-hmm. And she is horrified because she realizes, like, I betrayed everyone. I betrayed Tommy, only for it to turn out that the Juro that I know is apparently not even there anymore. Mm-hmm. And so she says, it was all a lie. That cat, what was the point? Yeah. That's where it ends. That's where it ends. Um, yeah. So I, I guess before I, I go back to this, this 2188 scene, I do just want to say, like, Izumi explains, like, I'm... <laughs> you know, I turned them into videotapes so it'd be easier for you to do. Mm-hmm. But like when I first heard that, I was like, oh, okay. So Izumi told like Morimura, like, this is what I'm going to do. It'll make it easier. But in reality, Juro had a breakdown and Morimura was like, fuck, okay, we need to stop. And then Shiba slash Izumi took that opportunity to be like, okay, we'll do my memories instead. Mm-hmm. Um, because I believe Morimura was trying to implant Juro with the pre four two six Izumi, I guess. I um, yeah, I I don't quite understand. Yeah, uh, yeah, but that didn't work because of the Karabe personality, right? Because the Karabe <sighs> personality, it says in the um the mystery files, like his new gentle personality. Yeah, at one point she was like, "Yeah, it's it's a bummer they made you such a sissy." Yeah, which kind of sucks, but yeah. uh, I, listen, he is. I don't think he's a sissy. I just think he is bland because I don't I don't like that word. Mm-hmm. But like he is just a he's just a very boring little young man. Yeah. Um. So back to 2188 with Juro sector four. There's a log shows a man in a spacesuit. Uh, we don't see his face, but he's holding a little girl also in a spacesuit and he is begging an adult Hijiyama to open the airlock. And first of all, I would just like to say all of the 2188 portraits of the adults are hot they They're are all so hot so hot they're so hot i will say the one i think i feel like hijiyama i like grungy hijiyama best of all the hijiyamas sure. so i like 1985 hijiyama the best but all of these other <laughs> oh my god yeah yeah, yeah. i'm a big fan of this hijiyama um mm-hmm. in in kim and i's uh chat for for the show uh her name has been nenji ogata's eyebrows for a while and i have changed my name to <laughs> takatoshi hijiyama's eyebrows uh because his eyebrows here are sick there are some good eyebrows in this game <laughs> yeah i listen i love a good eyebrow i really appreciate it <laughs> uh anyway <laughs> continuing on he's begging hijiyama to open the, this man is begging hijiyama to open the airlock uh hijiyama says he can't open it because he tells yakushiji that he is infected uh, and that his daughter, even though she's not showing symptoms or whatever, or like isn't showing up in the readings, he's like, You're, she's probably still in the incubation period. I'm so sorry. And then <sighs> Jiro, Major Jiro, Izu, uh, Jiro Izumi shows up 
uh, <laughs> written in the notes here, uh, joins the Skype call. And this portrait of Jero so Izumi, hot. also really hot, doesn't <laughs> yeah. look like his like painted, you know, like regular out in the world version. Like this is like a slightly yassified version of that Jero Izumi. <laughs> uh, and he's hot. Um, so he says like... <laughs> decided that i wanted to look up the portrait and i almost googled yes <laughs> <laughs> um, so 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 we see <laughs> jerry zumi shows up and is like okay i'm gonna let them like i'm gonna i'm gonna go take care of this and hijama's like no i've already locked the like airlocks from this side so you can't you know you can't get in and jero's like oh well no i'm going out like, I'm going to go to them. I'm going to rescue this girl. And then if she starts showing symptoms, then neither of us are, will come back. So basically, Jiro is ready to sacrifice himself to save N- uh, Nozomu Yakushiji's daughter, who is obviously Megumi Yakushiji. Mm-hmm. Um, and Izumi promises that he will protect Megumi no matter what. And it's very emotional. So then we fade to the final battle. Jiro uh, remembers these logs from 2188, says that it must have been an important memory for 426. Uh, and then Shiba shows up and says, yeah, and says, as long as you have my memories, I don't need to explain a thing, do I? Uh, <laughs> Kim has written, I disagree, actually. I would very much like an explanation of a few things. I would. I have so many questions. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 426 wishes that he could get on the action, but trusts uh, Jiro to to do it. He says, even though they kind of turned you into a sissy, ugh, uh, in the end, you're still Jiro, just like me. Go for it. Uh, and then Jiro asks, like, hey, what's going to happen to you when I pilot the Sentinel on 426 as well? It takes a lot of brain power, so you, there probably won't be enough energy to keep, like, your nanomachines uh, powering my memories, so I will probably just fade away. Uh, but you know what to do. Uh, and then Karabe says that he'll do it. Shiba says, put your game face on, Jiro. We've taken turns for the last time. Try not to get a game over. Uh, and then Jiro activates his Sentinel. And that is Jiro Karabe 100%. Who boy. <laughs> you look uh, pensive. So I I have a point that I want to discuss, but we can discuss it after Megumi because it, it kind of applies to both of them. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, going back, like this log... I'm so confused and so curious. Yeah. Also, do we think that what they're infected with is some kind of I don't know if it's like the 426 disease, but it's some kind of nanomachine disease, right? Like everybody has nanomachines now and they're all fucked up. Yeah, I think this is what um, Miura was talking about, the the nanomachine incident. Um, right. I think that's what whatever this is, is right. Because it's not yep. like the guy doesn't seem sick. Hijiyama just says like, oh, you know, we're not picking up anything on mm-hmm. Megumi's readings yet, but it could still show up. So it sounds like something that's like, right. a, you know, it's a nanomachine thing. Yeah. And like that makes sense because like it makes sense that the world wasn't the earth wasn't destroyed by Dimos because Dimos were specifically created, it seems, for purposes of like making the colonies and stuff mm-hmm. that resulted from the, you know, like I guess resulted from the end of the world. So, yeah, I interesting yeah and also this this is cool and i'm interested to learn more i think it also makes the like there's only 15 people who can save the world also make sense because if there was some sort of like mass spreading of some nanomachine virus with yeah right then they're the only ones who have survived or something Uh, that makes sense we'll see um i'm actually now in retrospect i'm really surprised we didn't get another like old yuki scene Maybe we will. I don't maybe know. we will. I guess maybe in Miura's thing, maybe we'll get something. But like, maybe. otherwise, there's nobody else connected to Yuki that we haven't finished already. Yeah. We'll see. Well, we haven't finished. Oh, Shu. Right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. You're probably, we'll yeah, probably okay. get some. 
some info there. I don't know. Um, it seems we've kind of left that storyline in the past a bit. We're kind of <laughs> in the Tomi Ida thing now, but but you're probably right. You're probably right. Yeah. Okay, so moving on to uh, the last part of Megami's story titled Fluffy and I. An absolute marathon of a fucking part. God. Yeah. I, her parts are so fucking so long all the time. Long. It, it feels like they wrote hers last and they were like, okay, we need to make everything yeah, else. Yeah, we gotta fill everything else <laughs> yeah. in. Um, so, <laughs> so we start off in Ayame Park and um, Megami is sad that Juro is, quote, gone forever. Um, I think this takes place like after a uh, scene that we, we just saw where um, Juro's like, yeah, sorry, I don't actually remember yeah. the guy that you knew. Yeah. She walks by a uh, baby Chihiro who starts following her um and they have a little conversation basically the long and short of it is megami thinks that chihiro is a lost child and she's like chihiro mentions that like someone's coming um so she's like oh i'll wait with you until you know whoever this is is coming to get you so chihiro's like where are your friends and she's like um at school she goes no 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 not them where's your friend who told you to update the decode (laughs) So Megami is understandably uh, shocked and uh, tries to leave. Um, But then baby Chihiro points a gun at her. Yeah. It was just such a funny visual. A great image. Two great, uh, like, giant phaser images in this this, (laughs) uh, episode. Yeah, it's good. So Chihiro's like, who ordered you to update the decode? And Megumi's like, it was a cat. (laughs) She sort of explains like, it's this fluffy cat. So then Goto just like walks in and he's like, do you know what you do? You like understand what you did to me? And she's like, I sealed your powers as a witch to fight the kaiju. That's what I was told. Um, Girly. And they're like, I know. I feel like this is. this is how she's denying accountability is just like like accepting as true what we all know is a bullshit story anyway um so they explain what you shot goto with are nanomachines um that expand the kaiju's capabilities and the one who manipulated her is trying to take control of the decode which would also give him control of the sentinels Mm -hmm. it's a lot and they say you know the guy who did this is a criminal from the future he used megumi so it couldn't be traced back to him. And Megumi uh, is upset that Fluffy lied to her once again and runs off to confront him. So she arrives at the Karabe house and, you know, accuses Fluffy of lying to her and being a criminal from the future. And he's like, no, no, I didn't lie to you. And uh, she also accuses him of lying about something that we, I think, forgot to mention in, in a previous chapter, which is that Fluffy told Megumi that the decode was, quote, mm-hmm. a relic of an ancient civilization. Yeah. And so she accuses him of lying about that. And he's like, no, there is an ancient civilization. This may look like the 20th century, but it's not. Humanity actually died out in the 22nd century. It's been millions of years since then. In reality, the 22nd century is an ancient civilization. <sighs> what? I don't know, man. I don't. I just don't know if that's true. I, I think that's know. true. I believe that that's true. I love that shit. It's good. If you yeah. also like that shit, you should read the book Children of Time. Not a spoiler. That happens in the first 20 pages. But uh, you this sh- is the one with the spiders. It too, is right? the one with the spiders as well. Yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> sorry for spiders. Anyway, sorry for spiders. Um, <laughs> she's like, I don't believe you. I'm not going to be used and deceived anymore. You know, you're just trying to control the kaiju and end humanity. And she aims the gun at him. And he goes, this is a game. 
True. I'm only making <laughs> preparations. If things go the way I want them to, I can get you and everyone else out alive. She shoots him. He just like disappears and yeah. reappears. Yeah, God. Yeah. The moment she shoots him, like the cat gets this like shocked little face and it's extremely cute. It's very cute. She asks whose memories are in Juro. He says they're his memories. And she asks if he was using juro and he says it wasn't my intention but in the end that is what happened but you need to stop trying to bring him back how was it not your intention my friend this is getting to <laughs> my issue with these stories sure. so we'll get there yeah she shoots him again he reappears again and he's like listen you're the final witch but you don't have to meet the same fate as the rest of them she shoots him again he disappears <laughs> again does not reappear so she goes running and looking for him uh when she hears something turns around shoots and it turns out to be juro which is just so stupid <laughs> yeah it's very dumb <laughs> and also i don't know if this is her imagining it or what because yes he, this is also gets fuzzy here yeah, yeah or maybe i guess that was the cat doing that i don't know but he turns into static and disappears and then there's a suddenly a static version of megumi appears and aims the gun at other megumi yeah so we have these two megumis they keep alternating who is staticky and who isn't which i really liked yeah it was it was good it's a good representation of like you know inner turmoil yes um and like together they like alternatingly say the lines but what they say is in total this is all my fault i forced everyone into battle but the one who deserves to die is me megumi number one says tomi forgive me as megumi number two shoots her um <laughs> sure um, i guess i'm just like if the worst thing she thinks she did was be mean to, to tomi that's like i don't know girl you've done a lot of bad shit yeah there's there's where to begin <laughs> so the screen like turns to static and then like goes black and it looks like an old tv being turned yeah, off the i way love that, it, that like blinks out and then it it just sort of fades back in so we just see megumi lying down where she had laid down when she shot herself and uh fluffy appears and starts monologuing at her this part is wild yeah he says it must have been really driving her mad if she would shoot herself like that but she did what had to be done he apologizes about the memories he said things happened that he didn't expect though he says that's no excuse he wasn't tricking her he says i had no ill intent well maybe a little maybe a little so this is funny but also kind of fucked up it's very fucked up um, yeah. he continues i just wanted him to become the juro of my world i wanted to control his feelings of love like a parent to a child i wanted his desires to become my own this is so gross i guess i hesitated once i saw the depth of your feelings there was still some human left in me after all you might not believe me, but I really have become fond of you. He says he had fun with her. It was like being on holiday with a cheeky daughter. I kind of hate this. He was nothing but straight up verbally abusive to her. And yeah. suddenly we're to be like, oh, he cared about her. Yeah, Actually, this, get the fuck out of here with that. Yeah, this also read to me as like an extremely abusive relationship. Being like, yeah, no, but like I like up. our time together. Like, fuck off with yeah. that. Like, Jesus Christ. So bad. he says he's made all the preparations he could. But since he couldn't hold up his end of the contract, this is goodbye. If their plan succeeds, he wants her to live out the rest of her life with Juro. And he says, take care and good luck. So she comes to Juro standing over her concerned and he's like, hey, listen, since we last spoke, I've been having these dreams of fighting in the Sentinel. I don't know if it's like since they last spoke that he's been having this, these dreams or if he was like always having them. But now he's like put it together. You had dreams of 
uh, fighting in the Sentinel, mm. struggling in pain, but continuing to fight. And we see this little like clip of his dream somehow <laughs> where um, like his Sentinel is taking a tremendous beating and keeps trying to eject him and like shut down. And he's like, no, I'm going to keep going because I want to save Megumi's city. Yeah. So Duro says he realized these must be the memories of the Duro that Megumi knew. And even though he's not Izumi anymore, he realizes he has the same feelings for her that Izumi had. He confesses he loves her. And Megumi realizes that Fluffy really was trying to get Izumi's memories back. And it worked. Um, but she says, I won't let you fight on your own. I will fight to protect you, too. We I get a know, short man. scene. Sorry, I, I just I, I, I think they're giving fluffy too much credit i think it's just an accident like to me it was it was those memories are a result of what morimura was trying to trying and failing to do and then i don't know what morimura was doing well i think she was trying to i think she was trying to turn him into the the most recent version of izumi who was like nice and like did the fighting for megami but then that failed because of the conflicting personalities and then since 426 well i think i thought the cat said she was trying to get to turn you into me yeah i'm just so confused because she said yeah she didn't want to turn him into 426 she wanted to turn him into an old version of jerry Izumi. i don't know man yeah i don't, I don't know. know yeah i have more to say about this but let me i'll just finish this sorry up. yeah we get a short scene at the front gate um shintaro's there and megami's like i know you're not fluffy but i'm sorry fluffy i'll try and do my best for you <laughs> and then we see uh the final battle megami's looking out um from like what looks like the coyote river i think mm-hmm. and she's like oh juro went without me this time it'll be different it's my turn to save you i hope you're watching fluffy i will beat this game and she activates her sentinel <laughs> this story and juro's story <laughs> i find sort of annoying sure insofar as the entire conflict and like the antagonist they <sighs> They are depicted as like very sinister throughout the story. But then in the end, you find out that they're nice. Mm-hmm. And it turns out either they were nice all along or their motivations changed at some point. So they're nice. That's not a twist. It's <laughs> not like a satisfying <laughs> twist. Sure. The, it, it, like, I don't know. It just it doesn't feel super satisfying to me to be like, you know, we it, because it's not like misdirection. It's just misleading. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like I I think that like a good twist succeeds because of misdirection, like a like a magic act. It's like there is something else that that draws your attention that makes you think, you know, what's going on, but you really don't. Um, Whereas this is just like we're going to tell you a thing and then we're going to change it in the end. Right. That thing is going to become untrue. (laughs) Right. Like what a great twist. And it's like that's not a twist. Like this isn't satisfying. It's not satisfying for your like super evil villain to turn out to be like not that super evil actually and like maybe it is true that like 426 was never actually a villain like everything he has done has been like to to save humanity sure it does seem like it might be that way but like it doesn't explain why he treats these other these characters with such contempt like we said fully like treats megami like shit berates her Mm -hmm. is fucking terrible to her and i'm supposed to come out in the end and be like but he didn't love her actually all along no that's a like that that sucked yeah and like it doesn't i don't know like you know trying to be like but he actually cared about you the whole time just doesn't i don't feel like it lands no i agree i i I completely agree and uh i think 
I don't know. I think your point is a really good one of like, this isn't a twist. This is just like, I don't know. It's like borderline character development, but played as a twist. And there's not really any development shown besides like the character being like, I developed actually. <laughs> and here, right. here I am being developed. Like there was no lead up to it. And the same with, with uh, Jero's story, like at the end of, of Jero's story, when she was like, you know, I wanted to be you, but you know, I trust you because you're Jero. Like that kind of just mm-hmm. all of a sudden came out of nowhere because yeah. I feel like maybe we could have adjusted the like classroom scenes at some point to where he stops saying like the mind hacking has its limits to being like, maybe you're, you know, you have more conviction than I thought or something. Yeah. Like even just like, or little... like you know, what? you know what? I'm going to let you do your thing because I'm really curious to see what you're about to do. You yeah, know, like... something like that, because I do feel like his intentions, like everything he's done has been for humanity or whatever, even like, you know, having to kill, kill the kids that had the decode mm-hmm. or whatever. Like, I think all of that stuff tracks for me, but <laughs> that doesn't like if that's true, why is he acting the way that he's acting in right. these you know? Right. Yeah. And I do think his motivations changed at some point for me. Like, I'm the only one who can solve this to like, oh, actually, maybe I'm not the only one. Like, maybe if I just give the people the ability to earn points <laughs> and upgrade mm-hmm. the Sentinels and stuff, like maybe that's all they needed from me. And I don't actually have to be the one to do it. Yeah. But y- y- the the like like verbal abuse that he throws at Megumi and the like wild manipulation that continues throughout the last three chapters of Juro's story, which I Mm -hmm. It's just I don't think that tracks, honestly. It just doesn't make for a super satisfying like ending ending to that. Yeah, it's it's like it's a very unique storytelling like mechanism that they that they are doing here where like they are decentering like the major players in a certain way. But yeah, that that leads to the result that I don't really care about 426's Uh, character development because i don't know him as a character Mm. that well you know like i'm i'm more interested in the characters that i have been playing Mm -hmm. who in many cases are like not getting a very satisfying (sighs) character development and so i think that's the thing that's kind of like yeah yeah as like how how iori's story was kind of in service to a's for a bit and Mm -hmm. then now how juro and megumi's were kind of in service of four two sixes and i get i can get i can i get it with both of them because they're both connected well no megami's not connected to four two six megami's connected to jero who is connected to four two six so it's kind of an incidental connection but like yeah mm. and like i don't know uh, otherwise like there is something sort of weird and uncomfy about the fact that jero izumi original jero izumi Mm. like knew her as a literal child and now like his later iteration is dating her i don't know it's weird yes that stuff is weird and i think it's kind of the i had said in our in our private chat that like it kind of mirrors the yuki natsuno relationship in like a bad way (laughs) because like the the reveal that yuki cares so much about natsuno because she has that like maternal love Mm -hmm. uh you know for for natsuno i think is a really really great use of this device um but for 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 Megami and and Jiro's, uh relationship reveal or whatever to be like oh Jiro was meant to protect Megami but and the the more I've thought about this over the last like twenty four or so hours like the more I c- kind of jive with it a little bit because like the way that Megumi is so like dead set on doing everything she does for Jiro quote unquote is kind of the way like a child would like uh uh 
rationalize these things of like, yo, know, you know, like I, I care about this person, so I should do everything that I can to like, you know, support them or whatever. Um, but I don't think it's like super great. That makes it worse for me. Yeah. The idea that like, well, the female protagonist is just acting the way that she is because she's so childlike. Mm. Ooh, mm. gross. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I understand these are different people there are different iterations of these people and it's like an echo of their love but i think the reason why it works in natsuno and yuki's story is because their love in in the game in 1985 is platonic (laughs) i think that's why it works better yeah so anyway they're different iterations of juro obviously and i don't know like but it's just weird to imply that like oh if in 2188 like if they were the same age they would have been in love like that's a weird thing to imply (laughs) yeah like what is that i don't know i don't know but anyway maybe it'll get explained better later hopefully Uh, i beg i beg i plead oh no (laughs) i I don't know yeah uh for once i feel like i'm being the pragmatic or the pessimistic one (laughs) with 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 the development but We'll see. I, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm desperate for anything to get that bad taste out of my mouth, you know? Anyway. Okay. So that's all the remembrances for this yeah. episode. Three, four, 100% wild, rapidly yep. approaching the ending. But now let's move quickly on to uh, waves six, seven, eight, nine, and 10 of area two in destruction. Okay, so uh, starting with wave six, um, basically (laughs) this one at the beginning just establishes like the Daimos are unrelenting. They just keep coming. So after the battle, A is like, hey, is there a way we can activate the Aegis system any faster? And Goto finally explains why it is that they need the Kaiju to attack the the terminals before they can trigger the Aegis system. And it's because the the Kaiju are attacking. They're opening up vulnerabilities in the system, but it's not enough to like it doesn't rise to the level of setting off uh, the terminals or the yeah. UFOs. It's not a high uh, enough def like defensive. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like it just doesn't it doesn't register. So what they are doing is taking advantage of the vulnerabilities that the Dimos open up to basically attack it a little bit harder uh, <laughs> to trigger the security system. Right. Uh, and someone puts a, I think it's Goto puts it, if the threat of the Dimos is too subtle for detection, then we simply present a more obvious one. So that is how that works, um, which I thought was a cool explanation. Mm-hmm. Uh, wave seven, we find out that, um, there's been some improvements to the Dimos' missiles. This battle's fucking sucked. This battle was so annoying. Yeah, this one was rough. It's, um, they fly, the missiles fly so high, it is impossible to actually target You can target see them. them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's hard. Uh, so anyway, um, after the battle, nothing too major. We just find out, like, Jiro seems to know a lot about the Sentinels. And Tomi's like, are you sure you're not Jiro easing <laughs> me in there? And it's like, yeah, he kind of is. Yeah. Um, wave eight. Nothing uh, plot important happens no. in this battle. But it, there is some fuck shit that happens. <laughs> so Yuki. Shit. Yuki and Yori have both hopped out of their sentinels. Yori trips, skins her knee, Yuki bandages her up, and we get this extremely confusing exchange between the two of them that implies that Yori uh, has like a bisexual awakening and realizes she's attracted to Yuki. It is so bizarre. It feels like weird queer baiting or it's like being played for laughs. Mm-hmm. It like uh, listen, I love a bi queen, but like what 
Yeah. Why is this in here? Yeah, it's I've, just confusing. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't track at all. Like I, I get, I get it. Like you, <laughs> being, I get it. Yeah, Yuki, we're, like, we are all attracted to Yuki, but it does not make any narrative sense for this to be in the no. story, and it, it doesn't seem like it's going to be brought up again, considering we have now finished Yuki and Yuri's stories, unless it pops yeah. back up again in an, in in a destruction, which like uh, I. <laughs> I have heard from someone who has finished yes. the game. Shout out Ellis. Uh, it is not cool. It is not. It does not come back. <laughs> Great. I guess. So I'm... that brings us to wave nine because that's all there was. What in a wave weird eight. thing. What a weird. It's thing. So bizarre. It's like they just needed to fill in some dialogue. And so they were like, let's make these two. Let's do a little thing where the girls uh, are a little attracted to each other. OK, fine. Whatever. Um, so wave nine, uh, the girlies are fighting. And by the girlies, I mean, Hijiyama and Ogata. Um, Hijiyama like oh if i had like that ceramic armor i could just punch all these dudes and oh god is like you need an emp to drop the flyers you can't punch them dumbass and i guess ogata has like two brain cells to hijiyama's one it's just different strategy baby <laughs> that ceramic <laughs> armor rules i really i really played around with with getting rid of the or getting the uh limiter removal thing oh uh, yeah i, really, really I haven't really I have not uh, played with the the limiter removal, but um, after the battle, Juro's like, damn, this is like a vicious cycle. Like the only thing we can do to beat the improved Dimos is prove our own Sentinels. So it's just like like an arms race, essentially. Yeah. Um, and Shinonomi's like, oh, uh, some other bad news is like they have auto repair and nanotech and it is getting better. Yeah. So Juro's like, we must have bought a lot of time. Like, surely we don't have to fight that much longer, right? right? Wrong. The end wrong. Of, <laughs> the ending of this welcome is so to, funny. Welcome to wave 10, bitch. Yeah, Inaba <laughs> shows up at the end of wave 9, and Jarrah's like, we can't have to fight much longer, right? And, and, and Inaba goes, well, and well. that's the end of the scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we pick up in that conversation in wave 10 yeah. with Inaba reporting that... Um, <laughs> I, I forget if we even talked about this in depth, but she's been working on processing something with universal control to, you know, to mm -hmm. like really take the dimos out. Mm -hmm. And it's done. It's 90 percent done processing. But um, because she's in orbit, she is constantly moving and she's about to move too far away from them to be able to contact them. So she's going to go dark. While that happens, mainframe processing is going to be suspended and she won't be back online for another 14 hours um and like every one of these these battles is taking place like in a matter of minutes yeah. or less yeah. like it is so that is just an unbelievable amount like i do appreciate the game does a really good job of impressing upon you that 14 hours is an unbelievable amount of time yeah. for them to to like be doing this yeah. um and Jiro and a are horrified they're like there's no way we can fend them off for that long i agree i i would i would lay down and die if it were me i'd be like <laughs> I this, would simply we're fucking up. done 14 hours i can't do anything for 14 hours <laughs> um so she was like shu <laughs> who really gotta credit his timing he's like um hey as long as you're still here anaba maybe you can sing for us <laughs> fuck sure and she's like okay well yeah as long as i'm singing you'll you'll know i'm still connected to you sure so she breaks into song as the battle starts and i have so many questions mm. about this first of all she's got a whole backing track <laughs> don't it's not think just, about it she, too hard she, come on it's not acapella am i does she have the karaoke track in the sentinel <laughs> she's got a <laughs> she's got the you know uh fucking yeah she's got a whole dj set up up there 
yeah in, in orbit i know this is probably the implication is like this is like non-diegetic but whatever <laughs> it's funny um second of all this is the song is good yeah but it is also tonally confusing <laughs> because <laughs> it's called seaside vacation yes that is very much the vibe it is like light and bubbly and fun mm-hmm. but like this is like a pretty it's like a dire battle that's going to continue for the next 14 yeah. hours. I, I, I guess it's supposed to convey like a hope. It's supposed to be hopeful. Yeah. But yeah, it, it felt totally weird to me, oh. but it's it's a good song. I, it's a really good song. I think there, there, are, you know, there are some modulations in there that I think really kind of uh, make the, the the tension be there. But also, I love <laughs> it works really well underneath Ogata saying "get bit," and then oh. there's like this like soaring like like you know. Uh, I'm we're putting a clip. It's playing right now, so enjoy. Oh, good. Yeah, I don't know. I liked it, but I do agree. It's. <laughs> It's a little totally confusing, but like, um, I enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was sick. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Uh, I believe uh, Chris alluded to this uh, and said we should uh, ping him when we get there. Uh, oh, did he? Yeah, okay. I think so. Which like is so long ago. God, yeah. Good <laughs> so memory funny. on you. Uh, by the way, I just wanted to, since you mentioned uh, Ogata saying get bent, AJ sent me a message yesterday that said, if Ogata's jeering, you bet I'm cheering. Yeah. Uh, it took really me like good. five full minutes to come up with that. It was worth the five minutes. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, post battle, the song stops, meaning Inaba's gone. They're on their own for 14 hours. Um, Yuki <laughs> and Iori try to rally the Sorry, I've read ahead of the notes. I should have read this before we started. Continue. <laughs> I uh, I just wrote, thank you, women loving women queens. God, it's really good. Uh, I, w- I wanted to say happy pride, but it's not pride anymore. It's not pride, okay? <laughs> you, Pride's over. You Everyone month. has to go back to being straight. You got one of the 30-day months, okay? You're fine. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's destruction. <sighs> that's the destruction. Uh, I hope I hope we survive for 14 hours. Yeah, I'm really curious what Area 3 is. I guess it's, I, I assume it just takes place over the 14 hours, but uh, we couldn't start it until we finished Juro's, Juro's mm-hmm. story. So there it is. We can do it and maybe we'll do it next week. I forget. Let's actually check what the schedule says. Uh, destruction Area 3 waves 1 to 5. Yeah. Um, should we say the rest of what we're playing to? Yeah, you know what? Let's put it in the episode for once because we can. Yeah. Uh, so next week we're going to get to 90% remembrance, uh, which means uh, we will do Hijiyama up to 85%. We will 100% A. We will 100% Shu. We will 100% Tomi. We will 100% Ryoko. And we will 100% Keitaro Miura, uh, mm-hmm. which will set us up nicely for our final week to be 100% Hijiyama and 100% Renya Goto. We are 
It's the Gotathon. 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 We can. We yeah. We'll get there. We'll 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 we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll workshop it. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Gotha days. Um, I don't know. Uh, the, the next week we will also be doing uh, the first five waves of Area Three. So get get to getting <laughs> if, if, yep. if you've got a got. Um, I don't know. Uh, so yeah. Um, I don't know if I have good. any additional theory stuff like yeah i don't think i do either because i think we're at the point now where we're like we're no longer in theory town (laughs) yeah we're in like reality land yeah um there's just a few just like a handful of of um mystery files that i wanted to point out i think we don't need to unlock any more this week um since we unlocked all the food so yes we have all the food so we're good obviously the sectors which we which we talked about yes i I do want to touch on the sectors in a second, but you you go on to say what you're going to say. So I was just going to, why don't you, you can do the sectors now. Sure. um, So the sectors, if you look at them, you you know, it shows you the image of the sectors and then it's kind of like a flower pattern um, of all these 30 kilometer circles. uh, Mm -hmm. And in the center of them, another 30 kilometer circle. And if you scroll up to the UFO, it looks suspiciously like the center of the circle. (laughs) Oh, Uh, on the UFO, there are five arrows pointing out to assumedly one of every. So they're they're like radiating out like a wheel and spoke. Yes. Type design. Yes. With the. Oh, that's sick. Yeah. So the UFO (laughs) is underground, I guess. And then the the residential district domes are built on top of, you know, the sector stuff, I assume. I don't know. Really? What number is the UFO? Can you remind me? The UFO is 170. It's just a few up from the sectors. It's right below all of the, you know, colony and satellite orbit and inside the wall. Got it. Got it. Got all it. that stuff. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's really like a uh, the, like I, the sector is underground or the, sorry, the UFO is underground and the residential district domes are built, I think, on top of the sectors like i think the reason they're they're able to teleport from tokishaka shrine and each thing is because that's where like the inflection point is or whatever which teleports them underground to or can teleport them underground to sector zero which is the ufo which is also Mm -hmm. universal control whatever but we know that they can fly up into space from the domes because we saw shu do it so the domes are above ground but i think they continue underground to like what is technically the sector as as we're shown it wait what (laughs) So I thought the sector is the I mean, I guess maybe the whole thing is the sector, but the the residential dome is is the top of the the, top. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I don't know what is in like the sector proper because that's what's confusing, because like the way that they're showing the sector is that it is like a 30 kilometer circle, but we know that they can fly above it. So that has to be above ground. Well, when you say above ground, you mean above the. So here's the thing. Mm. I think that this is it's like a wheel. Mm hmm. And the tr- the tread of the wheel, if you will, yeah, okay. is the residential domes. They, what, what they perceive to be underground mm-hmm. is going towards the center of the wheel to universal control. Oh, I see. And like abo- above oh, is just the area surrounding. I see what you're saying. The s- literal space surrounding this like space station is how I'm envisioning it. I don't know if I'm right. Do we but... still think that's floating out in space, though? Because if if yes. if the or if the thing is I do orbiting, I guess it could just be orbiting the sectors. It could be orbiting the sectors. They could all be orbiting Earth. OK, I, I don't know. that. Yeah, I mean, just the, the thing that Inaba's in that's that's orbiting them. Like the reason she's right. going to go dark for 14 hours. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, okay. she, she it, says she's in orbit. We don't know. OK, so you're saying this picture we're looking at isn't top down. It's like we're looking at like one of the left or right sides of it. Well, which, which sorry, if you, if you look at the if you look at the UFO? the like the picture of like sector one, two, three, four, five, like those individual pictures, it's showing it well, from. Oh, I see. I see what you're saying. Yeah, I'm not sure, because now when I look at the sectors, the entry that's just sectors 177, yeah, yeah. that does look like flat, almost like disc like. Yeah, but then. But I was. Yeah, I was envisioning it almost like. A, I like the way that you envision it. Yeah, I'm not but sure I don't think that's right. right. Um, it should have it should have been that probably. But I just I'm just now confused about like the the differentiation between the sector and the residential districts or whatever the district. I don't domes. think that they're because we saw shoe fly out of it. You know, that's what's really confusing right. to me. Well, maybe, but maybe that's just above. Like these domes are the top of it still, right? And that's just it's above just above the dome and outside. But it's yeah. still in the thing i don't, I don't think it's in the thing i uh, my assumption was that it is outside of the thing and they're like literally in space but i could be wrong yeah i just don't know i just i don't know exactly don't know. exactly what to make of it yet i hope we will oh wait i'm trying to get i feel like my mom when i give her like a piece of paper and she's still like, <laughs> sorry mom i'm trying to look really really closely just at the sector's entry to see if there yeah. is like a dome in the middle and it might be a dome well, there are little the, circles in the center oh i guess it doesn't say the sectors are 30 kilometers oh okay so actually yeah i the think the dome is 30 kilometers. the dome is 30 kilometers and the ufo is 30 kilometers mm-hmm. but the sectors themselves oh interesting okay oh what if the ufo is like so it's all so so okay so all of the sectors have like the central point which lifts up into the residential dome right Mm -hmm. and then 300 meters below that in this kind of like trough or whatever that meets in the middle that's where the ufo is maybe (laughs) maybe (laughs) i was thinking maybe there's a different one for each sector but i don't know each ufo is maybe just the sector technically is that what you're saying like each sector. Well, it's pa- it's part of each sector. Yeah. Like each one has a supercomputer that is controlling that sector. Yeah. That's maybe. Oh, wait. <laughs> what if universal control is the one that controls all of the UFO right. computers in each sector? Oh, OK. So each. OK. So each sector has its own UFO. But the central one in sector zero is universal control. Yeah. OK, wait. Looking at <laughs> looking at. File number 70 UFO, also called a saucer, a giant circular structure with a diameter of 30 kilometers, 300 meters underground Ashitaba City. There's got to be one for each. And it says houses a giant infrastructural control system constructed with 2188 technology called universal control. Yeah. And then if we look at universal control, universal control is the underground mainframe. The town residents are controlled by universal control, a giant disc shaped structure. Oh, no. Universal control is the UFO. OK. The diameter of 30. Yeah. OK. But so if, but okay. universal. If there's one under each, if these are physical space, yes. either they are all radially connected to one universal control or they each have their own. Yeah. If you look at computer. the picture, like if you look at the picture of the UFO. And then also and then scroll down to like the sector one, two, three, four, mm-hmm. five. Like, yeah, they all, it looks like the middle. They're all the same. Well, they all look like it. You're right. They all every UFO looks like. Yeah. 
a sector. So then what's... Oh, man. So each that's sector the is... There. That's sector zero. The middle is sector zero? The middle is sector zero. Okay. We're so stupid. And I guess the center <laughs> so of... The, 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 the center of all of their things is like Tokisaka Shrine. <laughs> Two idiots make a podcast. No, come on. Uh, this, or not the center, but the like center? where they're able to teleport from is Tokisaka Shrine. And that is like above... Like that is that is like the the teleporter base or whatever for each of those areas. I think the there's a because there's that teleporter inside. Oh, I see. That's how. Well, but there's a teleporter inside the UFO. Right. So and I think Tokisaka like Shrine. That's the main gate. That's the main Someone gate. I think Tokisaka Shrine is just located above that. Oh, interesting. In each, you know, in each sector, whatever. Is that just a theory or is that, that... is just a theory? Okay. <laughs> that is a good theory. I love anyway, how I okay, start great. each one of these with like, I don't really have much to say. And then we spend 25 yeah, I don't minutes. I have a lot to say. And then, yeah. God. Okay. Do so we have anything else to say about sectors? Um, no. Okay. I, I wanted think. to talk about hmm. file number 216, Dimos, the game. Okay. Um, it's an online full got full dive game that was released in 2154 to celebrate the 200th anniversary of Mighty Kaiju Daimos. Incredible. The objective of the game is to survive the disaster called by the Mighty Kaiju Daimos. Players become residents of a major city five days before the Kaiju appear. I get to experience the fated day of their invasion in this simulation survival game. Uh, <laughs> from an old woman who runs a cigar, cigar shop to a young man who seeks to avenge his parents. I feel like one of those announcers at, uh, in like an Nintendo yeah. direct. Dig, 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 dig. <laughs> yeah. Ten million independent NPCs lead their lives in a digital metropolis that's 30 kilometers long. Even experts were astounded by the elaborately constructed AI, their behavior indistinguishable from real humans. The highlight, however, is the tremendous power of the Mighty Kaiju Daimos. The doomsday clock is ticking. Blast through Mighty Kaiju Daimos with an arsenal of mech suit weaponry and fight to defend humanity, <laughs> developed by Vanillaware Limited. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh Such a good bit. God. Uh, and it just says Tsukasa Okino borrowed a portion of this game's internal code structure when creating universal control. It's it's uh, just, the picture of the game is released for the VS4. <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't even notice. Which that. is really good. That's great. Really good. It's really good. So funny. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to touch on that. Um, yeah. I wanted to go back to remember a million years ago when um, I unlocked time travel and was very disappointed in what I found. Yes. Um, it has now been updated to point out in reality, they aren't traveling to the past or future, but between each sector, um, which we knew. And then um, the last one that I wanted to look at was Chihiro Morimura 2188. I guess, yeah, there's nothing we we learn in this that we didn't learn mm. um, elsewhere. It's basically just repeating like, oh, they decided to start over from a time before the world took a terrible turn. I just mm, it's good shit. Mm -hmm. I'm excited to find out more about like how we got here yeah i agree the uh sentinel uh file has been updated to uh the very oh. end says using meta chips allows for expansion and improvements of the sentinel armaments which is funny meta meta huh. all right all right <laughs> we're getting there folks we are certainly getting there and i guess now we have a, a reason that why there's a shintaro and a fluffy it's because fluffy knew 
the girls liked Shintaro. So he was like, I'll just turn into a cute thing that girls will yeah. like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's good cover. Sure. Would work on me. <laughs> if my cat started talking to me and said, hey, all your friends are witches, I'd say you're absolutely right. 100 percent. 100 Scrappy. You're right. Mm hmm. So, yeah. Uh, is there anything else that we would like to cover today? I don't think so. I think uh, we've covered plenty. Today. We have covered a lot. Um, normally, when we record an episode that's this long, I'm like, yeah, there's like a full hour of us kind of not really saying anything that I'll cut <laughs> out. But I don't know today. I feel I like know. we've really been content top to bottom. But we'll we'll see. It's getting dense. It's getting dense. Um, if you like the show, share it with a friend. Rate and review us on your Apple. Nope. Rate and review us on your podcatcher of choice. Uh, if you're given a review option but honestly telling a friend helps more than anything word of mouth you know tweet us something if you want to tweet us you can follow us at async pod um if you like our art you should check out scout wilkinson's kofi page um linked in the show notes she does commissions every once in a while they are in the single digits so uh turn on notifications i guess for twitter and stuff (laughs) um or you can just use to support her monthly on kofi coffee i don't really know I originally called it coffee when I first encountered those those URLs, but because it's like buy me a coffee, you know, mm-hmm. but it's spelled K-O-F-I. So it's people say Kofi because it's got the dash in it. It's very confusing. If you like the music that you're hearing right now, <laughs> if you like the music, you can follow Amaranthan on Twitter. Uh, you can buy his music on Bandcamp. That link is also in the show notes. If you would like to follow me on Twitter, I'm at AJ Falleri. I'm at O'Kimmy's. Uh, and if you'd like to check out the other shows on the network, including another show that Kim and I work on called Frog of the Week and another show that I produce called Into the Aether, uh, you can head over to theworstgarbage.online. That link is at the very bottom of our show notes. Uh, and that'll also send you to our Discord if you'd like to join the Discord for The Worst Garbage. That's it. Kim, do you have any final words this week? Because there are, uh, sure are a lot of them. There are a lot of them. Uh, here's what I'm going with, though. Uh... I am really enjoying the game. I know that I have uh, criticisms from time to time, but just know I had no ill intent. Well, maybe a little. (laughs) Wow. Goodbye. Uh, See ya. Garbage. Duh, I'm mine.